And we're back to Salts of the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, May 19th, 146, episode 14. Episode 14. Yeah. Getting it done. Welcome back, everybody, to the Everyday Normal Persons podcast, Salts of the Streets. I am your co-host, Colin. You find me at Big Bird Offie on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, this is the other co-host, Donovan, over here, Don. Uh, I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And we're both. We have a Salt of the Streets Instagram and Facebook. Absolutely. Find us there. Give us a like. Give us a follow on YouTube. You can find the pre-show, uh, Salt of the Streets. Jump in there. Jump into the comments. Give us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Anywhere iTunes, Stitcher, podcast. SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to this. Jump into the reviews. Give us a nice little five stars. Or yeah. Whatever your podcast service has, leave Rate us a comment, honestly. and it'll greatly help out the show. Absolutely. And on that note, did we miss anything? Is that all of our uh, legal shit taken care of? I think so. Of? Everyday normal person's podcast yeah. is, you know, trying to... We're doing it no script today. <laughs> yeah. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? That's what Always say, and forever. So. That's right. I always do say yeah. that. Because that's what we're all about. I think that's important. Word. Yeah. And... uh yeah, coming up on today's show, we're going to talk a, a lot about the uh, what are what some are calling the quote unquote head tax, which is not exactly doesn't do it justice. But yeah, uh, yeah, the new head tax got passed in Seattle. I think uh, it's a very relevant conversation, whether it's local or na- national. Uh, Absolutely. So we'll get into that, uh, and then probably talk some North Korea. We've got, I've got a grab bag full of topics we'll hit. Yeah. You know, got some Trumpy stuff that we'll talk about. Yeah, for sure. Like that Trumpy things. Mm-hmm. So we'll some Twitter over. talk, some, you know, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Got some regular shit like that going on. So, uh, tell me, tell me about your week, buddy. My week. I think I said that every week. <laughs> uh, it was a good week, man. Uh, let's see. Kept everything pretty quiet. We had a, uh, if, if you're listening to this and you happen to listen to last week's podcast, we had a little issue with uh, our release. Uh, we accidentally released the uh, the raw audio of our full recording, pre-show Whoops. and all. And uh, so we caught that right away. Shout out to one of my homies, Jake, for catching that inadvertently. And Didn't uh, even know it was an accident. Yeah. But that's so that's why I mean. it says episode 13, edit. edit. Yeah. And we even had a bleep. That was good. Yes, that was good. I and did we, like that. And I think we explained it right afterwards, too. Yeah. I learned how to make bleeps, which was cool. And uh, we're definitely good. not going to bleep, bleep the F word because it would just be beep Fuck the whole that. show. <laughs> I swear way too much to be starting to bleep out F words. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, other than that, let's just, uh, I don't think, uh, you see, I went to the bar on Friday mm-hmm. after work with one of my bosses. Great place, right up the road. It's a... Uh, it's a peanut place, which is awesome. And they make, uh, I think they're a regional distributor. Distributor? There you go. I think but they so, make yeah. really, really, really awesome peanut butter, almond butter, all that good stuff. But they also have a little bar inside. Went up there. It was relatively nice on Friday. Had which, a couple beverages. And, and I didn't know they had a bar in there until just yeah, now. I think it's relatively new. They just show, they just drink a couple beers. They have a couple beers on tap. There was a really, really good IPA, which I don't. Oh, I don't remember what it was, but it was really good. I guess we'll just have to go names. back. Yeah. And I, I just, I remember not, like, recognizing the, the brewer. But they were some kind of local brewer. So I don't know if that means Seattle or in that area or just yeah. local, local. But either way, that was really good. Uh, <coughs> watched a dope-ass movie on Thursday, Boondock Saints. Which That's is good always one. good. We could talk about that later on. Yeah. 
And uh, oh, on our way over here today, because uh, we're recording over at the uh, the Donovan Studio, back at the Phillips household. Mm-hmm. But there was a car wreck. Car wreck. Um, yeah. Just it happened just in front of us. Uh, must have happened a minute before we had gotten there. But it's on a really tight two lane road with blind turns on both ends, and so it's like hella dangerous to try to pass that. And so I was watching these. There was like four or five people there trying to like roll the cars out of the road, and it just wasn't going anywhere. Damn. <laughs> I felt bad for him, but uh, I pulled over and I made sure everything was legit. And I was like, well, you know, they don't need another. Uh, they don't need another hand. They got that. There's like five or six people. So I was right. like, All right, we're good. I got places to be. Drink a little men's room red today. Yeah. So I would be uh, would be failing in my co-host duties if I didn't also ask you what you've eaten today before we started. Oh, absolutely. We didn't talk about pre-show. Yeah. I made a bomb-ass uh, breakfast sandwich this morning. Word. Really, really good. That and then uh, I like to snack on blueberries now. Yeah. I don't know. They're just really good. <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> blueberries, maybe so a that's little what plain you had Greek that, yogurt. That's what you had that day you passed out. Maybe it's like a... Yeah. It's really... I don't the superfood saved you. Yeah. Brought me back, bro. Yeah. But I do have to go back in to see the cardiologist next month. Just to make sure everything's yeah. legit. My doctor was like, yeah, um, I mean, you're good. But, like, I do want you to go see this cardiologist specialist. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not the first time that's happened to me in right. my life. And so, got to go get that looked at again. Just to be safe. Some people got fucky hearts. Yeah. You know. Oh, and I was going to say, yesterday, I went in, uh, stopped, stopped at my local weed store to resupply, because mm-hmm. it's been a while, um, and they had a special going there, a one-ounce bag for 70 bucks. Which is a <clears throat> fucking hell of a deal. Yeah, and usually, like, those, the ounce cuts are real leafy and not very good quality, and this yeah. one was, like... Especially cheap ones, yeah, because yeah. like, you can, I mean, you can spend... So, for those of you who have never used fucking weed before, right, um, like, when you bought it on the street... It was $10 a gram, right? And when you, like, that's how it is. Like, that's how wow. weed is supposed to be, right? And so then... Man, I buy $5 one gram pre-rolls. Yeah. And so then, like, when you buy more, you know, you would get, like, a discount. So, mm-hmm. like... You're buying weight. Yeah. Like, I never paid more on the street than, like, 190 for an ounce. Right? Wow. And that was, like, good. Like, that was, like, a really good price to be wow. getting. Because that's... You know, so I got like ten fifty-five yeah, percent off. It's nine grams free, you know, so that was good. Um, but yeah, now you can go and get like a good ounce of weed. Like, for, mm-hmm. I got one for I got one for just over a hundred bucks the other day. Like, oh yeah, which is like really really good. You know? yeah, the, <laughs> so, the usual price at my store is a buck thirty-five for an ounce. Yeah, I mean, and, there's uh, if you think about, I mean, there's twenty-eight grams in an ounce, right? So if, if you say so, right? I don't so know. <laughs> if there is so. Like if you you know if it's dollar per dollar, like you should be paying two hundred and eighty dollars for one ounce of wheat. Yeah. You know, so if you're getting it for a hundred and twenty dollars, like that's a fucking bargain and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, I think so. that's why, uh, depending on at least in my limited experience when it comes to the retail stuff, the one ounce jars and stuff that you get, one ounce bags, it's usually not the best quality crop. It's real leafy and stuff. But depending this stuff on the was, price, this stuff was money. And usually it goes for 135 there. But yeah. I got this at 70 and it's great stuff. Yeah. And that's what that is. Well, on the table right there. There's shit that you can get that's, I mean, you can pay $340 for an ounce of weed. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's $60 above market value. Yeah, good lord. Technically, you know, and then that weed is, that is it's, it's perfect. 
You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's been trimmed perfectly. Like it's grown perfectly. Like it's you do get you what know. you pay for, right? And so that's why, yeah. If you buy an ounce that's like one thirty-five, like it'll be a mm-hmm. little bit leafy. You know, like it'll, it can still be good bud. Like you can still get really good bud for that, but it will be like a little more more leafy. Like won't be trimmed quite as good. You know, and yeah. That's like where you start to see the like the capitalism come in. You know, into the weed industry, which is which is interesting to watch. Yeah, it is. You know, and I think and I think it's cool because you get a good grab bag of how different shops are run yeah it's all based off of who's running it you know there's a lot of leeway there's a there are significant differences sometimes between different shops some of them are just kind of garbagey and some of them are way over the top just beautiful like the one out in bi yeah just it's just you walk in and you're like well everything here is going to be 20 percent more yeah but I like it. Well, there's that place I talked to you about in Chimicum that, like, they specialize in organic and pesticide-free everything. Yeah. Like, all their weed is pesticide-free, and it's grown organically, and so all their oil is, like, organically made with organic weed, you know? So That's dope. It's mostly rosin and shit, and the guy built the store, you know, with his own hands and stuff, and it's, like, on a farm. And, and like, see, that's part of the reason why I, uh, when I was there, I talked to one of the owners mm-hmm. and uh, he gave me his card and stuff. Cause I want to basically like shadow or intern there for like a day, like on a Sunday or something and just, you know, see how it works, see how everybody operates, what's yeah. the requirements for being there. How, how does the stuff behind the scenes work and growers and licenses and, yeah. you know, how do you have a bank account? You know, that's why, shops out here can't have credit cards because you federally it's still illegal right and so most banks won't let you get like a business account there is one um in gorst where you can use you can pay with your debit card i think that's Uh, the one that's been there for a while right and And now it's a recreational place used to be a medicinal yeah and i asked them about it and they said they were like you know once we stopped doing medical stuff they were like the bank just kept taking our money so we just keep doing it, you know, like if they're willing to keep our account open and take that money, like then we'll just keep putting money in there, you know, there's no harm. in So, it. yeah. So I don't think that they ever talked about it with the bank, you know, but the bank is obviously like, well, if we can make more money, then fuck it. You know, we'll just let it be. And yeah, if the we'll feds come down, the, the feds dice. come down. But, you know, I don't they're obviously not too scared about it. So, yeah, but that's the only store that I know of that because because a medicinal stores at at actual dispensaries. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you could use your debit card like that's to yeah. buy medical shit. You can use your debit card, but not not recreational stuff. You got to have cash for that. But most stores have ATMs in there. Yeah. Like that's except for mine. They have one. But it's been out of order for like what? <laughs> but there That's is weak. literally three other ATMs within like a three minute walk. That's impossible. so you're good. Yeah, I know. There's one store <clears throat> across from the Cloverleaf in Bremerton, and they have they have an ATM, but it doesn't take my card. Oh just, no! And I see people take cash out of it all the time, and I'll go in there on the like the day I get paid, so I know I have a whole paycheck in there. Mm-hmm. And they will There's just nothing. It's like you don't have an account. I'm like, fuck you, I don't have a checking account. I have That's a goddamn garbage. checking account. Like and I walk yeah. across the street to the gas station, pull out money. But yeah, that Ugh. that ATM just does not like my card. I don't know mm-hmm. what the deal is. I have a feeling ATMs are hella expensive to have around. Probably. They gotta be. Because otherwise well, you feel like a lot of people would have them, but yeah, probably depending on how much use it is, because I bet the ones in the weed stores pay for themselves pretty quick. You know, with all the three dollar fees that you're you. getting, that they probably get paid for pretty quick. But I'm sure, yeah, if it's at some random ass gas station or something, you know, in the middle of nowhere, yeah, <clears throat> they probably don't make too much off their ATM. Yeah, 
I wonder. Uh, I wonder what it would cost. I'm gonna look into that to have an I'm ATM. Curious. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was. So just to wrap it up, that was my week. <laughs> <laughs> How was your week, bro? Yeah. Um, my week was good. So I went and I had dinner with my mom on Wednesday, and watched a little bit of basketball. And Mother's Day was last week. On Sunday after the show, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, even though it's late. I don't know if we even said that the last time we were together, but yeah, because yeah, that maybe. was it, right? Yeah, that it was, was the on... day before Mother's Day. So, yeah. yeah. And so, oh, yeah, we, we had to talk about it. it yeah. But maybe. Um, so, either way, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's uh, Day, yeah. everybody. So, so I did that. I cooked breakfast for a fuckload of people upstairs. And then. Oh, I, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And then I went and hung out with my mom for a little bit because she didn't end up coming um, to our house for breakfast. And then uh, on Wednesday, I went to hang out at her house and moved her fucking her hammock for her. She nice. has a hammock that she had inside, like in a room that she used. She wanted it to be outside now. Oh, yeah. So we put it outside for her. Went Hammocks to the, are so dope. <clears throat> she likes it a lot. I think I got it for her for her birthday one year. Very nice. Yeah. Um, yesterday, went to motherfucking yacht club with all the boys from work shout out to any motherfuckers listening yeah you gotta wear a polo when you go to the yacht club you don't it's the yacht club boiler i (laughs) wear jeans um it's a nice place no but a lot of people think that because of the name that yeah like when i took keegan there um he asked me he was like do i need to change my clothes and i was like no no you'll be fine it's a restaurant (laughs) like it's not we're just gonna go drink in a bar like yeah 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 i mean like you should see even that yacht club club Compared to mine, <laughs> totally different ball game. Yeah, so Ain't nobody getting dressed up there. So I had some chicken skewers and mm-hmm. uh, some French fries, yum a couple, yum, couple of beers and some shots, and then met up with Casey last night. He wore out his Salt of the Streets t-shirt to the bar because oh boy. we came through on our promise. Drew and Casey got their t-shirts. Drew for winning the prize, and Casey for being an OG fan. We probably should slide Zeke one. So Zeke, when we get him in for large real. production. Yeah, get you in mailed out. To, yeah, we're working on production of yeah. that. No, there's gonna be more, and that's. Yeah. Uh, I know where you live, but I don't want to put you out on blast on the on the yeah. podcast. But so, we'll send it to your house. So for real, don't worry about it. <laughs> and uh, if yeah, if anybody listening is interested in stuff like that, just know it's coming. Yes, we will have uh, some awesome shirts coming down the pipe. Uh, we'll be able to do a number of different things. But if you live local, I will deliver it to you. Yeah, oh, yeah, I <laughs> absolutely will because I think that'll be fun. I'll mm-hmm. only so far. I'll go so far, you know. Word. I'm not driving to Seattle. Like I, I wouldn't deliver <laughs> it to Morgan, you know, but but I would deliver it to anybody in the surrounding areas. As far as Port Orchard, I would drive to deliver you a T-shirt. I would do that. Boom. So that's saying something. Yeah, that's worth it to me. <laughs> as far as Kingston or Port Orchard, north or south, either way, that's that's how far I'll yeah, go. So. We, have, uh, <laughs> we have most of of our county covered yeah. between the two of us. Yeah, so that would be like nice. On almost polar opposites. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, we're gonna start getting all kinds of, all kinds of stuff that we can. Yeah, you know. So and, yeah, and it's kind of funny because it's mostly just for us because we want to make yeah. shirts. <laughs> and if there's anything that you want to see, you know, anything that you want in particular, let us know. Obviously, one hundred percent. You know, we're gonna start working on some patches and stuff, so we'll put those on some, some hats and some beanies and some whatnots and words. I like patches on hats. So. Yeah. I need a nice black beanie with a patch on it. That's what I'm saying. That looks so dope. Yeah. So that'll be good. So everybody watch out for that coming down the pipe. Yeah, uh, good stuff. Yeah. So that's what I did this week. Um, you know, we got... I did lots of research on the fucking... On the head tax. Right? That's good. Because that's... Because we're going to talk about that probably first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And so, so that's it. That's what I did this week. No descents because we did the research for that. Yeah. Um, oh, so let's talk about the descents real quick. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Just before we get into everything, so the descents is something that we did every Thursday, right? If uh, you may or may not have read them, it was something that we. When we listened back to the podcast, we would find something that maybe we had changed our mind on or we wanted to talk more about or something that we didn't get to cover that we wanted to talk about. And we would write a little bit article about it, put that out on Thursdays. Yeah, right? we'd put that out on Thursdays <coughs> up on the website, yeah. saltofthestreets.com. Um, and that started to be just with Colin and I both working like some overtime every week and stuff like that and doing the podcast. It's like kind of a lot to keep up with. And so we oh, yeah. <laughs> both it's a lot to keep up with and we don't want the quality to fall on it. You know, they started and, to turn more into opinion pieces, which is fine. But the intent was for them to be like a little more well-researched stuff. You yeah. Know? Um, That's why. Yeah. We realized that the con- the quality of the content is what mattered more than the timeliness necessary necessarily. Um, and so, yeah, we're kind of we looking at some new ideas, um, and I think we have kind of a rough idea what, where we're going to go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we'll still continue to put out extra content on Thursdays on our website, and it looks like uh, we're going to move the descents to, once again, kind of like just the show in general, fewer topics, deeper dives. And so we'll end up uh, doing those once a month, yeah. probably. So it'll and, be a... a- uh, yeah bigger more in-depth more research piece about um you know we may or may not write about the same thing it just depends on what the topic is but um, yeah then like you said we'll do something colin and i we're thinking we're going to switch off every week um where one week you know someone will write a a small descent type blog post that we'll put up there the next week like the op-eds that the descent kind of turned into yeah yeah and so that's kind of we'll take turns doing that we'll switch off every week and then once a month we'll both put out a, a large form descent more well-researched piece like i said more in depth yeah that'll kind of and so we're gonna do more we want yeah to in simultaneously in creating more content we're going to be reducing our stress levels in our lives which is wonderful because it's a lot of work always <laughs> yeah it's always good it's, um, yeah it's very fulfilling kind of work yes yeah. so Speaking of that work, we're dropping coasters. Uh, We did a lot of work this week in researching information on the the you know the so-called head tax in Seattle. The employee hours tax is really what it is. Yeah, I think uh, that in itself it is important to talk about too. Yeah, the only reason it was referred to as a head tax off the bat was because earlier, I don't know how many years ago it was but there was another similar tax and it was dubbed a head tax and it was but it fundamentally was run completely different and it applied to different things and so yeah the law itself is next to nothing to do with this one right because this one is based on it's 14 cents per hour that's charged right like the amount of employees that you have doesn't matter except for the amount of that it will change the amount of hours being worked right but it's not done by employee it's done by hour that's worked there so that's so the number they come up with the 275 is if you if you have an employee that works full time they'll be charged or they'll be taxed about 275 dollars per employee it's like an average cost it works out to be that right it's not that for every employee you're being taxed 275 dollars it's just that that's about how it figures out it's just easier to discuss that way you know and that's literally the only reason that we have that it's just it's a point to talk around right 
because otherwise we're just talking about a percentage of hours worked. Exactly. Which essentially is what most, you know, tax laws are. Yeah. You know, which is no different. And so, yeah, at first we kind of took some pretty uh, different stances on this whole thing. Yeah. And uh, we had originally talked about doing a, a more debate style, you know, talk about this because I am generally not in favor of the head tax. Um, but I think for completely different reasons uh, than you would imagine. But, but that being said, I don't, you know, I don't mind this kind of tax now, mostly because it doesn't bother, it doesn't affect me directly necessarily. <laughs> right. And it's just more of a, uh, a political topic, you know? And, uh, but, you know, I, so it makes it a little easier for me to say, you know, no, I don't want this tax. Yeah. It's because I don't, I'm not the one with the homeless problem. And so they're, it's something they're trying to do. It's like a, it feels like a band aid to me. Yeah. Which so, I think essentially we all know is just, it's better than nothing right now. So the tax that we're talking about that got passed, right? Got passed yeah. on Monday. It went a little too uh, far, that one. No, that's fine. <laughs> so the tax that we're talking about um, got passed on Monday and it passed unanimously in the council, nine to zero, right? Yep, and it was a revision of the one that had been previously put up, right? So yeah. this Which is. Which was more of like a, Five hundred dollar in by per employee. Yeah, which worked out to be about seventy five million dollars per year, right? Yep. That this would be brought in, and that was going to be for two years, I think, and then it would have switched to a point zero seven percent payroll tax. Yeah, that I didn't super understand um, the way that the payroll tax would have worked, but it doesn't have matter now. That's not going to. Yeah, that's not involved in what actually got passed, but that was involved in the previous legislative idea. So, yeah. and I guess that one, essentially, if what. I've heard, um, at least on from the, oh, I can't remember her name, the gal from uh, the NPR podcast. She's one of the councilwomen on the city council. Uh, Morena M. Lorena M. Gonzalez. Yes. Is that her name? Yeah, yeah. that episode. Because they did a really awesome thing, uh, NPR. The Overcast. Or, that was, yeah, that's the, the Seattle the Times. Overcast, yeah. The Seattle Times. That's right. The Seattle Times podcast, uh, their political podcast, uh, The Overcast. It's really, really good for local politics very good very uh, very good but yeah they did one episode one week with uh her on it where she was talking about why she wanted it the pros you know all this good stuff and then they had opposing podcasts the next week yeah by a guy from the downtown seattle association yes which is really good it was really awesome to hear both sides of it and i don't necessarily agree with his argument but i understand why he could be opposed with it right um Um, yeah but so, yeah, so the thing that actually did get passed, right, is not $75 million. It's about half of that, right? Um, yeah. So it got cut down to 14, like we said, 14 cents per hour that's worked, right, which figures out to be about $275 for each full-time employee that you have, yeah. which works out to be like 47-ish million dollars. Yeah. I've seen numbers year. between 46 and 48. Right. So it's somewhere in there, you know, they're all different estimates that take into account different whatevers, right? So along with that, they passed... Um, it's important to state that it's non-binding, right? It's non-legally binding. Um, and when we listen to the other episode of the Overcast, they explain that it's that way because they can't even really decide that. Like, it's way more mm-hmm. based on when the budget gets passed. Yeah. But this is at least something they can put down that as a process so that they can, like, bring it up as a talking point when the budget gets to get passed. You know, that yeah. this is Which the is way Which is why that- it doesn't supposedly take effect until next year. Right. Because that's when the new budget would get passed. This right. is like, uh, it's going to become part of the budget from my understanding yes 
Um, so like we said, it is, so it's about $275 per employee to raise $47 million a year. The intent with the money is to combat the homelessness issue in Seattle because it is, it, it's, it was declared an epidemic. I mean, yeah. or a, a health crisis, whatever that was in mm-hmm. 2015, then it's like a public health crisis, yeah. like the homelessness yeah, issue. Yeah, with there. the old, uh, the old mayor, Ed Murray, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. his fall. And I don't remember exactly what the number is, um. Like the homeless population, but it's it's a large yeah. I think it's large number. I think we're number two now in the nation, if I remember right, behind yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. So, uh, so it's to combat the homelessness issue, right? And the mm-hmm. non the spending measure that we talked about, the non legally binding one, right, is is it essentially is essentially a political move to try and just send out a mandate for how they think it should be spent, right? So it was done that 66% of it will go towards affordable housing because from everything that I've heard, that's the way to solve the homeless issue, right? Is is we need more affordable housing, at least part of the reason to, yes. not part of the reason, part of the way to fix it. The is, affordability of housing <clears throat> is the essential huge problem. problem here. Yeah. And so There's, that's what this is trying to help right and there's lots of there's other things that go into it but that's like that's the problem is there's so many things that go into it um but the biggest one the long-term fix it seems to me you know to to the homelessness problem is is affordable housing for people to live in more of it lots and lots more of it see i agree Um, with you i just don't agree with you that it would become you know subsidized housing is what they mean by affordable housing yeah it's not an actual fundamental change in the policies of like the zoning policies right and so it just literally creates more it you know uh what do you uh what's the old word oh i can't remember now i'll remember it but like you know the big neighborhoods in new york city and stuff the hoods you know as a lot of people refer to them it's the big government subsidized housing ones yeah yeah i don't remember the word projects the projects there you go because it's a government project right and so that's my understanding of what this affordable housing looks like yeah and i i don't think that's the answer but whatever it's still at this point to me it's better than nothing yeah but hey and i don't agree with how you're doing it yeah but that's fine whatever yeah at least the the end isn't like some stupid waste of money yeah so I believe that that's the ju- oh no that's mm. not the gist of it. So it would be it would be <laughs> not sorry that's not even close to it. So that's a tax, but it's not on everybody, right? It's on companies that have a gross revenue of twenty million dollars or more every year, right? And so gross revenue means right. So if Colin and I own a t-shirt shop, right? We sell $20 million worth of t-shirts every year, right? But that doesn't take into account the rent that we pay or any of our costs or our taxes or, you know, our payroll, anything like that. That's Mm-mm. just how much money we take in every year, right? But that's, yeah. that's like I said, that's not our profit. That's not our anything like that. That's just the amount of money that comes into the store every year in shit that we sell. Yes. Right? Which would, is surprisingly not as big as you would think. Right. $20 million is not, in the scope of business, is not that much, right? No. Especially, um, like we'll talk about for like restaurants is a big thing. Um, and oh, yeah. Grocery stores I was talking and about like that, that on um, uh, with Philip Stefranco's show mm-hmm. that he does, his uh, the vlog, the Philly D vlog. Yeah. Because it shows so much of like the office and the employees and all what they're doing and what they're building. And I, uh, I, I was trying to figure out like uh, 
how much does that cost to run? Right. <clears throat> a, a month. Right. How much does he just in payroll alone? Yeah. Not to take in leases and utilities and networking and everything. all this stuff. Everything, right? Yeah. And it was, I gave all the employees, um, the full time employees, uh, I gave them all $40,000 a year salaries. Yeah. Okay. And then it came out to, I wish, you know, I could do the number again real quick, but it came out to like an astronomical number. It was like somewhere in the neighborhood of like $64,000 a month. Fuck. A month. And just straight payroll? Yeah, and just straight payroll. Yeah. And that's for a company with less than 20 employees. Yeah. And so you, you got to think about your earnings on top of that. Right. You know, and you're talking a lot of money moving yeah. around for a small company. So, so with with that right because it's 20 million dollars gross revenue that's a, about 3% of the businesses in Seattle right because it's it's in the city of Seattle that this takes effect yes and so that's like i think like 580 ish yeah. like companies about 600 between 5 and 600 companies that yep. will be affected by this right it's called it's been called a lot of different things the amazon tax a few times because yeah. that's what people look at as like the really large companies yeah. and i think that amazon that's, is the bad guy and i think that's the totally wrong like way to be looking at that yeah right? 100% um so it would go for 5 years and so it has a sunset clause of 5 years from now and then the tax would have to be renewed and then could go back into place otherwise it would it would go away and people would would start making a little bit more money again yeah. um so I I think that that's the gist of it. Is there the anything else that I'm missing there? No. I think um, that's pretty good. Yeah. Because, and that's the thing. There's not a lot of different topics on it, you know, because it all leads back to a root topic. There's a lot I of think things homelessness. That, there's because a lot of things that go goal. into that. Yeah. And so then there's so many things around it, which makes the conversation about it so complicated. Yeah. Um, and it... To do it any justice requires a week's worth of research, as we can attest to. Which is why we did it the way that we did it. I have literally three different internet windows pulled up so as to not destroy them with how many tabs I have with all the different articles that I read. Like, Yeah, me too. That's really where I'm at. So, um, I mean, they all have probably 12 different tabs open you know and when yeah. i got to that point i was like i gotta open a window this yeah. is this is dangerous <laughs> like when, I'm when i get to the point where here. my tab goes to like the three dots where you <laughs> yeah. have to open the yes. drop down i don't that's where i draw the line and yeah. i have to open up another window yeah, i gotta start something else because this is just asking to crash and lose everything so yeah. Yeah. I've, I've thought about getting a dual screen computer specifically for that reason yeah because i mean you could use it man yeah <laughs> you can you really use it yeah so yeah, so I think that's the gist of it. So, do you do you have somewhere on that that you want to start? Yeah, well, let's. I mean, so let's. You could pretty much let's. So let's, let's start with on. the twenty the twenty million dollars. Is that okay? Like the or do you have a different idea? No, we can do on? twenty million. Is that so? Because that, when I after this week, right after this week of looking into it, I found myself the only two things that I really agreed with about this tax. Right is. Um, like money com- coming from large companies, right, to help this issue, and oh, this is good. I have a good point um, for this. So that's like one thing, like big companies, right? Not not the twenty million dollar companies, right? Not mm-hmm. that because I don't think that that's right. But money coming from from very large companies that are there. Yeah, you're looking at the juggernauts. Yeah, and then where the money is going. Yeah, right. I think I found that those are really the only two things that I can actually get behind. 
on the tax, right? Is well, yeah, because you're you're one of those people that has that liberal guilt to feel like, well, they're a giant company; they should pay into the. It's okay because I don't make think too much no, money. I don't think that it's that. I think that it's because you can easily attribute not the homeless issue, but an increase in the homeless issue to large companies being there. That's why I think that, not because because I don't even think that it's. And so yeah. I guess we can start here, right? Because I don't even think that it's that it's necessarily on the large company, right? In a perfect world, mm-hmm. I think Jeff Bezos should step the fuck up. That's what I right? would say too. That's where I'm at because I also saw tweets and shit from Jeff Bezos last year where he's like, I got too much money, right? Essentially, this is not verbatim, right? But essentially, like, I got too much money. I need to set up something philanthropically to put my money in, right? I want to do something for the community. I want to give back, right? Mm-hmm. So why... And this is now my own personal thought. So why would you not give back to the first or second largest issue in the community that has made you the richest man on the planet? That has put <laughs> you, that has, you know, was there for you to do that, right? Because yeah. Seattle didn't do that. You did that yourself, but you, you were think in it Seattle would be when you the did moral, it. Like, the moral thing yes, to do. To, like, that's where you started your company. You know, that's where you became the richest man on the planet. That's where you have the second most valuable company on the planet. Like, that's where you did all this stuff. And this is the issue that's affecting everywhere in your community. You know so, what I'm saying? And I think that when you really think about it, any normal, you know, thinking human being, you realize at that point in your neighborhoods, um, who are the companies that actually participate in the community that sponsor baseball teams that, that put their money where their mouth is every, right. every single year. Right. It's not the big business. It's always small business. Yeah. And I think that... And so when you see a corporation that doesn't do that at all, and they have all this extra money, yeah, you feel like they should be contributing as well. That's my understanding of the way I think essentially you would put it. Yeah. Right? And I don't... And I don't... You know, like I said, I don't... I just don't... I don't know. I, no, yeah, I, I think that that makes sense. You know, yeah. I just, it it's, seems it's to me a, that, yeah. and I don't think that Jeff Bezos needs to sit down and drop $75 million a year into this fucking city. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I think that if, if him and his company has such a big fucking problem with this tax, if you drop some fucking money into the city, this probably would largely go away for you. You know what I'm saying? If you can put money <laughs> into there that they're asking for, they yeah. won't fucking ask for a tax. Don't make yourself a target. Get rid of some shit. And then at the on the other end, can you not claim that money on your taxes when you file next year? Oh, like, yeah. Like, not, not just that, right? But I also found 2017, Amazon pays effectively no federal taxes, mm-hmm. right? Because they have their actual headquarters in fucking Luxembourg. Right, where they've got 1,500 employees and can take advantage of all these loopholes and fucking shelters and all this nonsense to pay no fucking, essentially no federal taxes. Yeah. Right? So it seems unpatriotic to me (laughs) to not put your money back into the country that just made you that fucking money. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't walk around and talk about how you love America when you're just hiding fucking money other places so you don't have to give it back. I can fuck you, Jeff yeah. Bezos. Like, yeah. <laughs> Tell me how you I, really feel, man. Like I don't like I said. I don't think that it's that it's totally on the companies. I think that Jeff Bezos and people like that should step the fuck up. And you know you what's know? really funny about it? Like when you look at all those his, you know, the group of people he is, uh, you know, in that bracket with the reptilian know? elite. Yeah, the reptilian elite. Yeah. Oh, um, mommy. When you look at 
who he's surrounded by. He's yeah. one of the better ones. And so if you imagine like, you know, the strength of all of them doing something that was much more community based and giving back. In a perfect world, that would be amazing, and well, I would love that. And there's all those people that are that sign up to like give away half their wealth or something like that, right? When yeah. they die, like Warren Buffett, and there's a bunch of rich fucking people that yeah. I don't know if it's half, but like a certain amount of their money that they're giving to mm-hmm. some fund when they die. Well, this right? is also why those people, like in our minds, become some kind of celebrity. You know, right. we look at like Bill Gates; he does an insane amount of philanthropic work. You know, it's not so much. You know, locally, but he does a lot locally. Right. And around the world. Yeah. And around the world. Because Microsoft is everywhere. You know, Microsoft is around the globe. And I think that's why he thinks on a global mindset like that is because. Yeah, he understands. Right. It's because if he had like a, and I think that's the idea behind the local companies, you know, when you're, when you're a small company, invest in your community because that's where you're getting your money from. You know, when you're Bill Gates. Yeah. I had a friend of mine that I, I had asked about this. Because I just, she's a very politically thinking person. She's yeah. very, very, but she's also very, very liberal, you know. And I just, because she's there on the ground during it, I want to know what she thinks about it. And, uh, you know, she expressed to me that the her company that she works for is very philanthropically invested. They're very invested in the community. And it's a... It's like a core fundamental belief that runs through all the employees of the community. Yeah. You know? And for somebody like that to be a part of that program and experience what it's like, and, you you know, you're still making money, you're still growing, all your employees are making a great living, you know, and you're able to give back to the community that helps you do what you do. Right. And when you think on that scale, and that's why, like I said earlier, a lot of small businesses do that. Yeah. Because frankly, it's a really good business model, right? And I think it's underrated. To People say like the least. that shit, you know. When yeah. you when you go somewhere, when you take when you go to your kid's baseball game and you see a banner for a local company, you're like, I'm gonna go and eat there because I like that shit. Yeah, because you know? guess what? That guy might be your neighbor. Yeah, I'm like that here. Like I know a lot of the people that run a lot of local businesses right. just due to the industry that I'm in, and like I know a lot of them, and they're all great people. No. Get up and on the so, couch, Penny. You know, Sorry. we all have these great relationships with the community that we're in, even within the industry. And it just shows that like a lot of a lot of people would prefer that business model, I think, as yeah. a societal, you know, uh, value. And I think the point I was gonna make earlier is that that's lost in the corporate world. Yeah. As soon as you're a part of that corporate world, it disappears a different industry now right you know it's not a it's not the same thing and what we call small business in you know in america i think is probably not the best title for it maybe you know they are small business but they're a different type of business fundamentally right and then once you get to a certain level and you have to go corporate everything changes yeah and i mean you can't even almost call that a business industry anymore it's a it's a separate like side industry which is much bigger yeah but yeah, I think that's a very valid way to feel when you look at this. And I think that's a very common feeling that I'm getting from a lot of people. They feel like, hey, you know, this little hipster bike store that got popped up here like five years ago does a ton of charity work in my city. They're helping out and they don't even have that much money. The dude lives in a loft apartment right above it and that's his house. Right. You know, but. But now you know, they have to pay for this tax. Yeah. 
And I heard about like one of the business I heard about it was Dick's Burgers, right? Have you did you read an article about that? I've and heard about it. I didn't read the article. So but that's like a big, Dix is a, you know, anybody who doesn't live thing. here, right? That's like a big local. Um, it's in Seattle, and they have like they have a couple of different locations in Tacoma and shit like that. Yeah. Big um, burger joint. Yeah, it's huge burger joint, and so they do a fuckload of charity work and work in the communities and everything like that. And there was an interview with their owner, and he was talking about all the stuff they like to do, and he said, "Now I'm in a point where." Like, I have to either do less charity work, you know, or, like, try and find different suppliers. Like, like I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of other options, like, to, to hire less people, you know. It's like, and we're about to open up a new location, and I don't think we're going to open up any more in my lifetime because we can't afford to, yep. now, you know. And it's companies like that. And I heard an interview with a guy who owns, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a restaurant supply store right like where he sells groceries and shit to restaurants and he was talking about his company and rex restaurants he's like most of us operate on like two percent like profit margin you know yeah. it's like we don't make that much money so we can't afford to said i can't afford to charge anymore because their margins are so slim they'll find someone else to buy their groceries from you know yeah. he said i can't afford to hire any less people or any more people now you mm-hmm. know and so he's like i i'm in a tough spot where i have to just eat this cost for for trying to like for being a medium sized business, you know that yeah. I really don't make that much money. Like I sell twenty million dollars worth of shit, but I don't make anywhere near twenty million dollars worth of stuff every year. You yeah. know, and that's where my opposition comes in. It to yes, me, is that I cannot get over that. I don't think the way it's being decided is a good. Is I a don't good believe way. in hurting the whole when you're just really trying to hurt one person. Right. You know, I feel like if you want to do this legislatively. I have a I, I have a road for you to run down if you want, you know. Look at a a, a you know a city only because this is this would be a very Seattle thing to do, right? And I think you could do it. Um, but you look at a citywide philanthropic requirmental legislation, and so it could be a very slim law that just says, hey, if you make X amount of money in profits, you're required to pay X amount of percentage philanthropically. Yes. yes. And then you just have to submit that with your taxes at the end of the year. You, how much money did you donate to charity? X amount. And then it's it puts the onus on the business owner to look at that as something that they are required to do to run a business. Yeah. It forces them to do it. And I think, honestly, I don't think I don't see a downside because. You see it in our community with the with the businesses that do that, right? And you see that it's a good thing. It's really hard to argue against it. And it's like if you have the money to be doing it, you should be doing it. You know, yeah. As a corporation, like Morally. we said, like you can. So I ha- I found this really great article that was from the Chicago Tribune um, that is called I think like sorry I'm pulling it up here real quick. That's cool. Um, I think that it's so. It is. God damn it! Yeah. Now I'm questioning the constitutionality of what I just said. I wonder of if the, that's the even the tax on profitability. Yeah, because I mean, fundamentally, depending on your approach on taxes, you just say taxes is theft. Right. You know, but realistically, in Seattle, they love their taxes. So yeah, that that's in on a small society. That's why I think you could do that. So yeah. this article from the Chicago Tribune um, is called if it. You know, is gonna fucking load again. Loading. Yeah, this bullshit. It's called like, "What happens if Amazon brings fifty thousand employees to your city?" 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just written earlier this month. Oh, no, 2017. I apologize. It was reposted earlier mm. this month because of that. Um, and it's so it lists like a lot of different things that changed within the city of Seattle when Amazon came here. Oh, and yeah. Had, or not came here, but started hiring all these people, you know. And so one of the things was that like the rent prices in Seattle have gone up like 65% since 2009. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's astro-fucking-nomical. Yeah. You know, I mean, even taking into account like, you know, inflation and, you know, housing market bullshit, like any of that, like that is fucking astronomical. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, Second highest in the nation. Yeah. And, um, excuse me. So it said that Seattle is 24% more expensive than like the average U.S. city, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, Three bedroom in Metro Seattle cost five hundred thousand dollars, like on average. You know, I mean, it's just a lot of these things that, like I said, that go up, like when large businesses start to go there because they have more employees that are paid better and are able to afford more shit. And it's that's when you're a store owner and you know there's more city or more money flowing in your city, you start to bump up your prices a little bit because you know you can make more money. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's like that's just standard economics. Like that makes sense. Supply you know, and demand. Yeah, so it's, it's very very standard. But people who don't work in larger companies like that, who work for smaller companies, and their raises don't and their salaries mm-hmm. don't match that. You know, that's that's one of the things. The margins that, are different. That's one of the things that that councilwoman M. Lorena Gonzalez talked about was that. Whatever study it was, you know, said that there's three, like for every one high earning citizen, there's three low earning citizens that work to support that person. Whether it's in a restaurant or, you know, they're a bus driver or a fucking whatever, you know, they work in some capacity that like serves that person. And none of them can afford the place that that guy's going to live or most of the shit that that person is buying, you know, but they're all living in the same place. Yeah, because if... The housing would have to go up the same multiple that the your workers, right? You know that can afford that. And the problem is that due to the city's zoning, yeah, and they're for whatever reason, whoever runs that council, they can't open it up. That's what I and, and that so there's no there's no place to build. There's no way to build. They're zoned for, and what we're talking about is because I, that is an issue I consistently heard about was zoning. Everybody kept talking about zoning. And I, so I had to look into that. And there's a huge parts of Seattle that are zoned for single family housing. Mm -hmm. Right. So that means that there's going to be one house on a lot of like 5,000 fucking square feet or whatever, you know? So they all have a big yard and they all have area to be, which is awesome. Like that's really cool. But when you have a population that is that is booming, mm-hmm. that that help, that aids to the homeless issue. You know what I'm saying? Like that makes it so people can't live there. So there's huge parts of Seattle that you can't even build an apartment building, you know, yep. or anything like that. Which in the area that we live, there's a huge mix of apartments and houses and small houses, duplexes, now. triplexes. Now, now. yeah, um, and, th- and yeah, there's a reason for that. Right. That's why we have our astro- astronomical rent still. Right. And it's starting. To get better, yeah, which is very, very, very hope. It makes me very hopeful that one day I can afford to buy a house. Yeah, but right now, two work, two working class people cannot afford no. to buy a house unless they don't spend any money, don't have any college debt, have you know, have a clean slate. You can, right? But ninety percent of people that are going off to college and everything and then graduating 
don't have that. That's why there's a lot of people that are living with their parents for longer, you know, is that to avoid having debt, you know, or yeah. living like like you and I do in family housing, you know, that's like we live in the downstairs from, you know, my wife's grandma, like, because yeah. our rent is fucking piss nothing, you know? Yeah. That's why we live here is because we can't afford to live anywhere else because this is where the cheapest rent is, you know? Well, so yeah. I paid rent for the first few years after, or a couple of years after I uh, got out of the Coast Guard. And then I end up kind of falling into the situation I'm in now. And, um, but I mean, I don't know. Sometimes, like, I would have not been able to make rent certain months. Yeah. Just due to the nature of my job and all that. I mean, and, uh, so I mean, it's just, that's why when I see more opening up to, even though I have my own problems with the, how they're designed and all these new developments and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so don't love them. But. No, we don't love them. And those yards you're talking about, like the new development yards are like wide enough to get one lawnmower down yeah. and then like 10 feet maybe. Really, really tiny. Uh, but it's still, I think that would get better if there was even more, um, you know, reduction in that type of uh, governmental legislation. Yeah. You know, you get rid of the regulation a little bit. Absolutely. And it, I think that's one that would increase the economy if you right. pulled back on. And, and it's not that I think that know. should go away because, like, the argument against it is that that's, like, what makes Seattle Seattle, you know, is that you can drive 10 yeah. minutes up and there's a fucking huge neighborhood, you know, that's just houses that all have yards and stuff. And mm-hmm. then it's right back into the city, you know, like, there's all kinds of little neighborhoods within Seattle that are like that. And people love that, you know, that's what makes it so kitschy and fucking cute and whatever, right? And I'm not saying that should be taken down, but I also don't think there's anything wrong with building a couple fucking apartment buildings, you well, know, so I that would, you can, yeah. so I would you can put a bunch of people in there. Like city to be successful, cities constantly grow. Yes. Just as the rest of the population. Cities aren't just one little thing right. that's outstanding. No, they're always it's an ecosystem. Too. Yes. Like, and if that doesn't grow, well, you, newsflash, the people aren't going to stop coming. Right. You have to grow. Right. Whether you like it or you or you don't. You know, if there's neighborhoods, I mean, you used to hear about this all the time, like neighborhoods getting taken over by big, ugly apartment buildings. And, you know, all these people are selling off their land to developers. And it's like, you know, but there's a reason why that's happening. It's because the money's there because the demand is there because the population is continually growing. Yeah. You have to have stuff like that. And if you prohibit that growth, all you're doing is making the value of the current property there skyrocket through the roof. Right. And I think it's a clear-cut case of reduction in you know, legislation, reduction in uh what's the word I keep searching for? Regulation. Regulation. Yeah. yeah. And that I I wouldn't I agree from everything that I have like read and gathered about mm-hmm. this it's just a problem with like I said not that it should go away because that's no, that is a good part about Seattle that yeah. should still exist you know it should forever that there should always be at least part of it that's kept if nothing else as historical houses that people are allowed to rent and live in you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying like if it gets to the point that Seattle yeah, is just a giant metropolis you got to keep some of those so that people can still go there and see when Seattle started. This is what everywhere looked like. You know, it was Tell a city with this ground. fucking everywhere. You know, like it should be. Yeah, yeah no, it burns <laughs> the ground. But, um, but like but that's. No, I, I agree. I think that you can do that in a lot of uh, 
old East Coast cities. Yeah. You know, a lot of the original colonial style architecture is still right, there. Right. And then even when they're rebuilt. And in the South and shit too, they have yeah. a lot of just historical I mean, old. You have that in uh, yeah. Leavenworth, that yes. German town. You have yeah. a. Weird... Even in just Port Angeles, all those fucking, all those oh, stores yeah. are old as shit. Like, yeah. And like they're required to like keep the aesthetic of yeah. the town. Otherwise, like the thing, like in Leavenworth, it's a little Bavarian town. Yeah. And, uh, even the McDonald's and Starbucks, I, th- I think there's a Starbucks there now, but even the McDonald's that's there for sure is styled like it looks like a Bavarian. It looks like the rest of the buildings, yeah. you know, which is weird to see, but they pay for it. Yeah, they do keep that. with mood, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's how you can do that. And I don't know. Maybe there are districts like that. And maybe yeah. it just needs to grow mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, that would be kind of cool, too, because like, you see at the deepest part of that area, that neighborhood. Yeah. It's like the oldest, and then you see like when the next right, time they right. brought out the thing, it right. gets bigger. It would show the progress from right. the inner city out. Yeah, that'd be really cool. So, so that's something we address zoning, right? That that yeah. seems like a problem. And the, I agree that regulations should be rolled back a little bit. There needs to be, I like I said, I don't even think it needs to be the bullshit that we're building here, those shitty ass townhouses. But put some yeah. fucking apartment building in, you know, well, some, you need to some in transitioning city. houses. Yeah, it, that people can be mm-hmm. in that. Like, I think I have this pulled up on my like, computer. You need that. You know, you need apartments that people can afford Ooh, to live in. Like it's on my phone. I found the actual number of just the upfront permitting cost Yeah. to build a, I think it was a 10,000 square foot living space. Because that's how these permits are built. It's, it's a percentage per livable square foot of the residence and stuff like okay. that. That's how they value those. Yeah. Um, and so, but the permanent cost alone just to get the ball rolling was like 30 grand shit you know and i know you have a lot of money when you invest in something like that you right. have to it costs a lot of money but that's still that's thirty thousand dollars is a lot of money for anybody yeah period just for a permitting cost right not to mention all the delay costs and then the rest of the permits you have to get it's, and then the building the actual construction of it like yeah you get rid of all those costs guess what it's all happening. Yeah, you could still have your approval or disapproval, but right. you need to. You, uh, the, the right, because there's got to be down. somebody watching the buildings being built and shit to make sure everything is fine. You know, like there still needs to be some the inspectors, right? Some yeah. oversight and shit to make sure that things are being done legally. You know, but yeah, yeah. no, I think as long as shit is done, you know, dot the i's and cross the t's. Yeah. Let, let but, the fuckers do their thing. But yeah, you know, let that, people invest that cost in the city. Seems like incredibly excessive. Yeah, it seems excessive. Yeah. And so, yeah, like you scale back on that. Yeah. That's another way you can reduce those regulations. And I, I think agree. encourage growth, which then over, you know, or there over would help the housing crisis, right. which is affecting the homeless population. Right. And you know. so, so that's, let's, we can move on to the, cause that's the one thing that, or one of the things that I did find that I agreed with it, right? Is, mm-hmm. is where, where the money's going. Yeah. Right? Because I personally believe, that the so like the the viewpoint of the mayor right jenny durkin and and some of the more conservative council members think that the solution is to get people off of the streets into the shelters right um and i i don't agree with that because i think that homelessness is a long-term issue and i think that there's like a marginal difference between being homeless on the street and homeless in a shelter and the way to get people to not be homeless is to be able to get them out of the shelters into a place they can live, right? So yeah. to me, it seems that the long-term solution 
is more housing for people to live in. And that's what right? I think the proper use of subsidized housing <clears throat> would be for. And that, from my understanding of the bill, that is also the plan. Yeah. It's and to that's invest part in, of the plan. <clears throat> to invest in people with medium incomes. I'm sorry. My allergies are terrible right now. So if you hear me sniffle, that's what it is. So for medium in median incomes for 0 to 30% and 30 to 60%. Like mm-hmm. that's what the subsidies are like going in for. A lot of that is for subsidizing for those groups of people. So when you're homeless and... Maybe you don't have a job yet or you have a job and you're making some money but not enough money to live by yourself and pay all your bills. You can move from the shelter into a house that's subsidized for the 0 to 30%. It's a tiered right? system. Yes. Which because is, it's good because it still promotes personal growth right. out of the system. And, and right it creates now, those steps. And right now one of the big problems is that the homeless shelters are almost all at capacity. They are full, mm-hmm. right? And the ones that are not full are places that, um, like, you can't bring your stuff with you, or you can't bring your family with you, and you can't you can't bring your dog with you, like things like that that are huge deterrents for people that are living on the street. You know, if you have a yeah. car full of shit, you don't want to leave it outside and hope that it's there in the morning when you wake up. You know, if you have a dog. You don't want to just tie it up somewhere, you know, regardless of my feelings on being homeless with a dog, because I don't think that that's right, you know, but if you have a dog and you're homeless, you're not going to just leave it somewhere. You know, if you have two kids with you, you're not going to just leave them somewhere at night and hope that they're there in the morning and everything is fine, you know, so that you can sleep somewhere like that doesn't make sense, Mm -hmm. you know, so. (laughs) All right. My George. wife is pulling some pans out. They're it's doing okay. some baking upstairs. Yeah, they're making us delicious cookies, so yeah. I'm not going to say anything about yeah. it. Yeah. This is all t- towards progress. Tonight, I'm going to chime in for just a sec. Chime She's in. She's really proud of me because I let her make the cookies pretty much all by herself. Really? Oh. She's, my wife is very <laughs> controlling. It's good. Thank you so much, Jordan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it seems to me that... that the long-term solution to that, like I said, it is affordable housing for people to live in. And I'm fucking a lot of it. You know, a, a lot of affordable housing. Because there's a lot like, of people. Yes. Um, yeah. And I just, so I don't agree with the viewpoint of, of adding more sh- more beds to shelters and making more shelters. You know, I agree with making more comprehensive shelters that, like, allow people to bring their families and bring their dogs and bring their stuff. But you, you can't know? go but, from step one to step five. No. At once. And that's no. why the shelter system is overpopulated. Because they can't, can't make the next step. Exactly. Yeah. And you can't expect people to be able to get off the streets if there's nowhere for them to go. Right. Yeah. There's, like I said, those shelters are full. People are in there. There are, there, I heard some stories of people that have been in the shelter system for 20 years mm-hmm. you know, because there's nowhere for them to live afterwards. There's like, some amazing documentaries out there. And one of the, one of the big problems that I ran across, right, was that kind of ties into the big corporations is the, the cherry picking of the renters, right, got so bad that there was a law passed in Seattle that you have to take the first person who applies for your apartment or house mm-hmm. or something instead of picking somebody that works for one of the large tech companies because they are advertising places for, oh, well, there's no deposit if you work for Amazon or Google or Microsoft and, you know, you get prioritized here. Yeah, because they know that you're a safe investment. Right. You know, and what the fuck? Like how? What the fuck? It is you know a, what I'm saying? Yeah, discriminating a new type of demographic. Yeah. So that's that's like another part of the problem that applies to that. It's just greed and shittiness with like landlords and people who own housing. You know that they're sh- just 
Well, see, I, I wouldn't blame them for that because uh, unless you're again talking on a corporate scale, like the the big apartment complexes, those yeah. people can but not go like fuck single themselves. house owners and shit. Yeah, or like, but like, they just own a couple you know, of houses. The guy that owns like three houses and he rents them out. Um, you know, most of those people, I mean, that is that they did that because it's an investment. This has now become a business to them. Yeah. And they're trying to do the best they can. They should try to do the best they can to make sure people that they rent to will be able to pay their bills. Right. Because otherwise, you know, you get into the legal trouble of having to evict somebody because you, that's a, it's an, it either makes you money or it loses you a lot of money. Yeah. And so there's a lot of pressure to do that kind of stuff. So I don't blame them for having that. But I think, but it's certainly part of the problem. But yeah, you, you don't know. need to pick that kind of, you know, you don't need to make that kind of exception to a company right because they do that. I mean, uh it I mean it just yeah, I don't see why you would you would probably want to get to know the person before you rent to them. So like that shouldn't be a factor that you look at. Right. You know, just does this person have reliable employment and now are they going to is this a good personal investment or a bad one? Yeah, that's all. You shouldn't have some prearranged agreement with a with a company. I think that just fundamentally is wrong with how landlording, you know, is supposed to be. I agree. That I agree. Yeah, but uh, you know, I mean, you could do this all day. I mean, there's so many different angles to look at. Yeah, because you're talking about a, you know, how do you help the homeless? It's like, well, you got to just fix the way shit's run. Yeah, you know, every, the way it's run is almost more important in what you're doing yeah you know and i think that's one of the i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no um, that's, but i think bueno. that's like one of the talking one of the arguments against it right is the way that how is it going to be spent and i had a hard time looking into this right um it is. the way that the money is spent right because all i really heard in any of the podcasts or anything i read is speculation and accusation right that the money is not being spent the right way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, like, what I found was like, because it's found, a very subjective, right? Thing and to I do. found, I found the budget of Seattle, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if you found that, um, but I looked into the budget, and the budget for like homelessness and stuff like that is one percent, yeah, of this of the city's budget. Mm-hmm. You know? So. I was surprised that it's not yeah, the you way that it's not talked ask about to where the rest of the money goes. Well, the way that it's the way that it's talked about, it's they made it sound like it's taking up giant chunks of the fucking budget and money's just being thrown away, right? <laughs> and I also found I heard on on KUOW, which is like one of the local NP, is our local NPR station that last year they put in place a new system to measure the effectiveness of the different companies and groups that are contracted to handle the homeless problem, right? Yeah. So they put in a new system that, like, matches if people with their goals, right? So if they went there looking to get housing, it's whether or not they got housing out of it. You know, if they're looking yeah. for help with food, whether or not they got help with food out of it. Mm-hmm. And so the people who don't meet those metrics lose their funding, and it goes to another place, Yeah, you know? So that's how government systems usually work. You, and whatever you don't spend... You get taken away from you, and, and so I it had creates a, a bad incentive to always spend just just to the edge. Say so, you get that next budget uh, in the next year's like two percent increase. But it it wasn't that. It was that they're taking it away from the groups that aren't doing their jobs, and they're just putting the money somewhere else. Right? It's not that they're making sure they spend it. It's I looked at it as they're making sure that the money is being spent wisely. And 
Well, see, that's good. I'm not. I'm definitely not arguing. I'm just talking about how those issues could come about because it's a very it's a incentive in bureaucracy to do that to continually grow. Right. And so, yeah, no, that's if and that's I can see that, but that I didn't. Does, but I don't haven't seen any evidence of from what I've looked into. You know, and I'm not a fucking expert, but I haven't seen any evidence of like shit like that in in that budget that they're trying to keep forward with growth, you know, to places that it doesn't belong. Well, that's good. Like I don't, so that was, I had a problem finding evidence for, Mm -hmm. like I said, the speculation and accusation of problems with the spending. You know, I think that you're right that that's probably more of just a personal thing that people think that it should be going to the emergency services instead of the housing or to the housing instead of the emergency services. Yeah. No, I, I definitely don't disagree with you. Yeah. I'm very glad that that's the case. Because, yeah, I didn't quite notice that. Right. Because it's an argument that you hear a lot. It's just, well, they're, you know, they don't spend the money the right way. And only... And it's just so subjective. It's like, well, how do you tell what is good and what's bad? And well, I'm glad they have a, a metric now. And of, the, and of the new tax, only 2% of it goes... Um, to, like, overhead To costs. administration. Okay. Like only 2% goes to administration, right? And the that other thing That makes sense cuz that's kind of what the usual goal is. That's what your usual just from my years involved in government yeah. bureaucracy. That's the sounds about the standard budget increase you get every year. And one of the other things that I took from their non-binding budget vote, right, mm-hmm. was that next year I think all of those people are up for re-election. Right. So Mm. I think that they also did that as a measure of like, if next year we're not doing our jobs, they'll all be looking for a new job. You know, so that's something that makes me feel confident that I'm, it just makes me not concerned that the money's not going to be spent wisely because all these people's jobs are on the line. If they would like to stay on the council, then they will make sure this money gets spent the way it's supposed to be spent. You know, if they want this tax to stay on and continue to, yeah. Because At least the, six of them, if not all nine. But that budget doesn't take effect until next year. From my understanding, it mm-hmm. was it starts next year. So that is like, well, let's just wait until we get the re-election done before it takes effect. I, I mean, no, I, I don't th- think I don't, no, that it's that that it it Like we said, it's dependent on the budget. So they yeah. have to wait for the budget to start before they can put the new tax in. Like they can. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know that I it's necessarily that. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily that. But I could see how that. I think some people could see it like that. Well, and I but think yeah, I don't, that I, don't I think, think they'll should. probably people will probably wait and read the budget. You know, because when it when it comes out, and if these numbers are not close to what they were when this got put out, then that'll be a way for people to be like, all right, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Well, that's especially because it's a non-binding budget. And so right. it'll come up when the budget debates come exactly. up. Because that's ultimately what it, it'll be another issue. And especially because there's another, there's a petition going around right now to amend it. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know how popular that's going to be. They need like something like 17, I think it was between 16 and 18,000 signatures or something. A lot. A lot. And so I'll be interested to see uh, what happens with that. But, yeah. Because that'll kind of show, I mean, I feel like, I don't know what kind of percentage that is of the population, but I mean, that's, it feels like a lot of people to get to sign petitions. Well, Amazon has 40,000 employees, so that's not that many. Yeah, that's not that many. But still, it would mean enough people care about it to bring the, the debate back up. Enough people, yeah, yeah, like random people on the street and shit. Yeah. And that's, 
You know, yeah, that's true. We've all ignored those people before. It's funny, as you hear about these types of petitions, I never see them. Maybe yeah. that's, that just shows how Oh, small I see them, especially in Seattle. Yeah. There's people standing there just asking people to sign shit for petitions for whatever. I see oh, that all the sure. time there. That's probably, it shows you how much them. I go there. Yeah. Well, and a lot of them are, you know, they look like hippies and shit, so some of them look homeless, so you just fucking ignore them, yeah. you know, because you don't want to... <laughs> there's and that sounds shitty but there's a yeah. lot of the homeless people that like live on the streets and this is another thing that we should talk about because one of the other points against argument against the homeless population i think is uh or argument against the tax not against the homeless population <laughs> is the misunderstanding of the homeless population right i think that's because yeah i've heard people you can probably figure out in your head who i heard this from right mm-hmm. from the conversations i was telling oh, yeah. you about um They'll well, why the fuck are we paying jobs. for them anyway? They're just a bunch of sh- fucking drug heads, you know, and drug abusers that don't want to do anything anyway, right? So one of the things that I learned this week, Colin, is that one in 16 Seattle public school students is homeless. You know? One in 16. If you would have right? told me that a week ago, I would not have believed you. But I have seen firsthand the severity of that same <clears> issue <throat> kids in high school yeah. that are homeless in our neighborhood yeah it's i didn't realize how bad it was in our neighborhood and so i can certainly see it over there yeah but i um, would not have known that and it's true that a lot of the people that you see on the street are fucking drug abusers because those are people that are continually unwilling to go into shelters or try to go into a shelter or anything, right? Because when the cops come around and they talk to people in the encampments, they're trying to get them to go to a shelter. You mm-hmm. know, if you go here, they've got an opening right now. If you go right now, you can go and get a bed tonight and you can stay there and it'll be cool. And I think it was again KOW, they interviewed some of those police officers and they're like, oh, yeah, most of the time we got to ask people five or six times before they'll finally be willing to go. You know, mm-hmm. like, so that's. You know, a month, if we're coming to this one specific camp once a week, that's over a month, you know, that we're having to ask one person before they decide to go there. And that's just the average. You know, some people don't ever want to go for Mm -hmm. whatever reason, you know. And that's – so a lot of the people you see there are drug addicts, but that's not like the majority of the homeless population. That's just a lot of what you see there. The majority of the homeless population you don't see. No, because they're in in some type of car or at some type, you know – they're yeah. trying to go to a shelter or something. You know, they're not just laying the fuck out or standing by the ferry waiting to ask you for money the moment you get into the city. You know, mm-hmm. like it's – there's differences, you the, know. The guy that's in between jobs that has a job next month but he won't be able to have – afford an apartment that he just got evicted for, for a month. Yeah. He's going to lose that and he's sleeping under the bridge for a month or two. Just right. He's still going to work. He's trying to – He's going to the YMCA and taking a shower and right. all this stuff, but he's sleeping outside. Yeah. Because he's just got another month to do that, but still it's a dangerous road. Yeah. You know? And so, like, but you don't see those people most right. of the time. It's the other, you know, there's different categories, there's different levels in the population, I would yeah. say. And so you see probably the lowest rung most of the time. Yeah. Which are, yeah, the severely mentally ill uh, drug addicted, you know, that those are usually what you see. And that's the mental health problem is that's a whole nother fucking issue. I yeah. mean, that's a whole nother deal whole nother one. that goes back decades, you know? So that's like, that's a whole nother discussion to have mm-hmm. on another day. Cause I've got all kinds of feelings about that, but yeah, um, yeah, it's tough, but I think that it's important 
to recognize and understand that that the majority of the homeless population are not people who no. don't want to live somewhere, right? They're not people who want to be homeless and want to do drugs and want to do that shit. Like yep. they're mostly people. Um, there was another study that was done in the state, right? That found that it was a, it was about evictions and housing, right? And they found that a majority of the evictions were because of economic reasons, not because of any type of social issue, you know, yeah. not because you got addicted to drugs and got kicked out. It was because your rent went up and you couldn't afford it and you lost your house, yep. you know? So, like, there's all kinds of stuff that shows here, you know, it's not just drugs. Like, that is a huge problem here. Opioid yeah. crisis is fucking huge here, you know? It's all but, real. But that's not... The problem is it's the iceberg and you're only seeing the tip of it. Right. And, you know, that's what I said. There's all those different levels of homelessness. There's the people that just have to live in their cars. Right. You know, and you don't see them on the street. You know, you don't usually see them because they're working most of the time. And then they just have to have a place to park at night to sleep. And, uh, you know, it just goes unseen. But that also speaks to just the size, the scope of the problem. And then whether or not that, you know, people look at that on the regulatory side and say, do we, is this really going to help? Is this really the answer? And so I see that's like there's a lot of that argument being made for sure against it. It's gonna flash. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm gonna get blinded by the yeah. light. Portrait style. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, because we talked about kind of the we kind of did a beginning and ending of that one, you know. And the problem is that we didn't solve anything. You know, we're not gonna fix the problem. There's no easy answer to this. That's what makes the the conversation around the tax so interesting because you know we went into it thinking it was going to be a debate right and then the more you learn about it the real the more you realize you can't necessarily debate it because there's no right or wrong answer right now because we don't know the answer but that's kind of the gist of the head tax and i guess yeah. what we think about it and so we're so so give me a final stance my final um, stance where are you I'm, where are you at I am still fundamentally against it and I like if I was on the council and had to make my vote I'm gonna vote no you would vote no yeah even on the newly on the one they compromised on right yeah just okay. because I, like I said I don't think that answers the problem fundamentally at all um, you know we could look at increasing the number of subsidized housing and I would like you know if you're gonna do reforms that's I think why welfare reform is so important. Welfare reform doesn't mean get rid of it, like a lot of people think. It mm -hmm. means, you know, you need like to adjust the system. Yeah, you need to get in there and you need to make changes because it obviously doesn't work right now. Exactly the way that it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this. I mean, you can look at every inner city. There's always the projects, and they're always tough neighborhoods economically, always. And it's. I think it shows there's fundamentally something wrong with that because that's not supposed to be the way it works. It should be a system in place to get you out of your economic woes so you can get back and continue to thrive. Right. That's what the initial reasoning behind welfare was. It's not something to live on. Certainly. It's the safety net to fall back on right. when you're bouncing back. And that's it. the way the system is structured now. Yeah. It doesn't do that. But at least... That's why I say I, I, I understand the goal is noble and it is the right thing to do, but I think the approach is wrong. You don't need to do it through taxes. 
We just need to get welfare reform done. Yeah. You know, we can find money somewhere to do to pull it from that some other failing system. Well, and I don't know that like it's that, necessarily but. welfare that it would come from, but it's something that I think probably to be looked at then. I would definitely say that if the budget can be looked at and the money for this can be found somewhere else, that I'm not in favor of the tax, right? Mm-hmm. But because this was, this is, I think, where I ended up was because I had a hard time finding out the actual spending of the city, you know, and not the budget. And I couldn't find yeah. solid proof that somebody was like, this is where you fucked up, right? If you, if, if it can be proven that it's being spent the wrong way, then I'll talk about it all day, right? Yeah. But if it's just speculation, then I don't want to talk about it because all we can, oh, it's just, all we can do is speculate, right? right? So my idea or my thought is that, if the money for this can be found in the budget somewhere, then that's where it should come from. Oh, you yeah. Know? But if it can't, then because then it sounded to me, right? It sounded to me like, especially the overcast with Gonzalez on it, right? She made it mm-hmm. sound like it, it was at a point where it was a tax on the people or a tax on the companies. And the people there can't afford any more in taxes, so it had to go to the companies, yeah. right? And if that's the case, then I'm in favor of a tax, but not this one. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that this is set up the right way. Yeah. You know, like I said, I don't think that the $20 million like thing, decider, I don't think that's a good indicator of who should be paying this. Right? I think profits yeah. is a way better indicator on that. Um, but so that's kind of where I'm at is if, if this is the case where there is a tax that needs to be done, then I'm in favor of that, but not this one in particular because mm-hmm. I don't like the way that it was. So acting on that assumption, your vote is yes. I'll be the one no vote on the cancel. H one. Um, I guess I guess I would I would have to. You know, it's, if, it's if, better than nothing. Right. To if you. that's the case, you yeah. know, if that is the case where we're sitting here and as a, a council of people, we have to we have to get more money, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what I heard also from from that same guy who owned the restaurant distribution store, right? He was like he said the same thing it is I want I want someone to take a look at the budget and see if this money can come from there. Right. Mm-hmm. But if it can't and you need more money, then I'm willing to talk about a tax, you know. But if I don't need to pay more money, I don't want to. Like, yeah. which makes sense to me, you know. But like I said, if I have to act on the assumption that a tax needs to be put in place, then I would yeah. vote yes. But I Some also real transparent budgeting. But I also would be sitting on the same side of the council with you saying this is not a good indicator for this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is. I, I would have been one of the more conservative members that said that we got to find a different way to do this mm-hmm. because this is not correct. Yeah, you know. So uh, we'll go dissent style. You, from what I'm, my understanding is, you would vote yay and then write Dissent, a dissenting nay. opinion. Yeah. I get it. Absolutely. You say, hey, this, yeah, and you would have to explain why. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe it. that that is where I would be with it. That's good, and I and, would vote no and also write a dissenting opinion. Yeah. So that's just the, it's that threshold of, are you going to vote yes? You're going to vote no. Right. But we, I think we fundamentally have the same problems with it. Yeah. Because that's, that's that's interesting. Armed with the knowledge that I have now, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not, and I was never, even when I first heard it, but I wasn't totally in favor of it. Right. Oh, yeah. But I found myself defending it because I continued to hear the argument that I found disingenuous that, well, this is an Amazon's problem. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't have anything to do with this. Like this isn't, we're going to tax them the fuck out of Seattle, you know? I don't, I don't buy that, you know, and that's not to say that we should take advantage of Amazon, take advantage of Jeff Bezos, but like I said earlier, when you just became the richest man on the planet and you have the yeah. second most profitable company, I'm not scared you're going to leave, 
Yeah. Right. It's almost like your your moral requirement to society should go up. Yes. And that's like I like I would like the idea of maybe like a philanthropic legislation type of thing. Yeah. Be like, hey, I don't care what you do to give back to the community, but in our town, put your money back. You got to do man. that. Yeah. You know. And I think that's good because yeah. fundamentally, that's the way we all should work. So if it's constitutional, I mean, on, that's people. what we think should be done. Yeah. Some type of if it's constitutional. Film, yeah. Forced philanthropy. Yeah. Is, have you ever seen, this is going to be really off topic, but have you ever seen the episode of It's Always Sunny where Charlie is trying to find a girlfriend, right? So he goes out on a date with a woman who's a lawyer, and Dennis and Mac are telling him that he's going to say that he's a philanthropist, right? And they're like, like just tell like her that I you're a, a philanthropist, and you work with, with dyslexics, and yeah. like, you know, this and this. And so she asks him what he does, and he says, oh, I'm a, I'm a full-on rapist. <laughs> and she says, what? what? <laughs> and he says, yeah, you know, like, uh, dyslexics and children and like stuff like that. And, and she's, did you just say that you're a full on rapist? And he's like, no, 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 no I wouldn't no. say that. Like, that's <laughs> but, um, but I agree. I think that, yeah. So sorry yeah, to word. sidebar, but, um, that's but funny, I agree. I got, if, I got always sunny news later too. If like if that's constitutional, then I agree. Some yeah. type of of legislative philanthropy that like give back to your fucking community. Yeah. You know, because, I'm not opposed to it, man. Like I said, I I I truly believe that if Jeff Bezos were to come to the city council and he's like, "Listen, I will fucking give you guys forty million dollars a year if you just stop this shit." You know what yeah. I'm saying? They would probably be like, "Okay." We'll, <laughs> yeah, okay. okay like that's it's not all the money that we want but we can also put a smaller tax in place now that will make up for what we're not going to take and you don't have to worry about it yeah. you know like it'll be some other type of tax that you won't even notice going on to your budget you mm -hmm. know that's and i think that or you could raise the bar to charitable the charitable donation threshold right. like you know Crank maybe that thing up maybe that's like, like an idealistic view of the world you know but i think when you have so much income inequality right like you the motherfuckers that are at the top of that scale you got to start stepping up like you got to do some shit you know you should because it's you should moral. you have to you know because yeah. if you're not then you're a piece of shit and you're gonna end up getting taxed like this and getting all pissed off and yeah. when it comes to them like pausing their construction you know i understand but it's like a, because i don't think they're gonna leave it's fucking i think it's just posturing you know, yeah. like, because like I said, I that was totally posturing. Yeah. That, you yeah, know, absolutely. I understand the decision to do it, but really, really, you're going to stop <laughs> halfway through a building project and you're going to piss off all these people in the labor unions after the people in the city, after they've kicked and killed all the people in the council, they're going to come straight to Amazon because you're the ones that left. Yeah. Right. Really? They took her jibs. Really? No, <laughs> you're not. You're not going to stop after you've invested all this money, no. put all these plans and you're going to get 7,000 more employees in there. No, I don't buy that. That's you know? what I was kind of worried about when they announced their second headquarters. Yeah. I was like, whoa, are they are they just going to jump ship and just say, screw you, Seattle, we're out? It's like, no. And, and I then, don't, then I was really know. happy. They said, well, no, we're just we're just making a second headquarters. And there's a lot oh, of people boy. who still think that, you know. Yeah. Uh, like, well, you know, they I don't, don't need two so. headquarters. I'm like, well, they make a lot and all the fucking money and a lot of shit. And, you know, yeah. they're if, in the movie business. And if they're going to be, yeah, if they're going to be growing their operations like drones and shit like that, like they got more people and more infrastructure yeah. and stuff to have within their company that they got. Hell, they put just somewhere. bought Whole Foods, man. Yeah. They're, yeah. yeah, they're doing all kinds of shit. I heard from a small business owner the other day that that Whole Foods Amazon deal really, really hurt them. Amazon? Yeah. Really? When they bought Whole Foods because 
they changed the way Whole Foods was run a little bit, apparently. Really? And so I don't think a lot of the same distributors uh, were mm. kept, even some of the local ones. Do you think maybe that's that's part of the reason that Prime just went up? Because Prime is like $20 more expensive now, right? No. I, w- because I, would, just, I would, that one just, I would just think well, that it's just... So they've the, been growing so much. So the reason right. I say that, right, mm-hmm. is because because if you go to Whole Foods and you're a Prime member, you get special discounts now. Oh no way! Yes. Oh, dude. So that's why I say that, and I heard that from Wall Street Journal. So I love Wall Street. I feel Journal. like I heard Their that podcast too. Is so good. That's yeah. insane. So that's, I mean, so that's I'm why a Prime I member, that, so that's dope. <laughs> Is because you don't have to pay the insane prices anymore. Yeah, there's like special things you get discounts on. Mm, and That's and interesting. Whatever. That doesn't. Uh, yeah, so I don't you know think how I feel maybe about those that two are, are connected a little bit? Could be. It, I wouldn't doubt it. Because. Yeah. Sorry, that's the grind. Because I mean, who who eats the cost? Does the supplier eat the cost? Because I don't think Amazon would eat the cost. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But who knows? But yeah, no, that would be uh, that's terrible. Yeah, I don't know if I uh, yeah. See, I don't know if I like that. Part of me is like, oh sweet, I'm I'm Amazon Prime baby. I'll go there. I yeah. might even shop at Whole Foods if I had one now, yeah. if I could afford it. But that's you know, there's always two sides, right? Right. I'm gonna have to think on that one before I take a side. Yeah. So I think that uh, you know, with that, I think that that's yeah. pretty much everything about the the text. Like we said, even if you don't live in Seattle or anything like that, because we don't live in Seattle. I think that it's important, you know, yeah. to understand what's going on because it's something that could easily be applied in, in another city, especially one that Amazon comes to. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. especially if they can see if this stays here, you know, in another city that Amazon has Amazon well, can see that the precedent's been set that Amazon will already take that and eat that cost. You know, well, you did it up in Seattle. We need some of that money down here that that you're not well, bringing. The, the city, other reason you know? is this, even though, you know, the city lines don't really change. Right, you just have suburbs and then more suburbs. But right. once a district's there, it's pretty much always there. Yeah, you know. But the city doesn't actually stop growing. I mean, you look at. That's why I I think it's very valid for somebody like us to be concerned about it and be involved in it. It's because it happens to every major city, and we've seen it in our own town. It incentivizes to, people to move out here. Yeah, because it's cheaper, and then though you know, and the people that can make that commute and have that kind of lifestyle at job are usually the upper echelon of them and so you know the housing prices start to go up because the demand for the bigger houses for the more expensive you know the richer people i guess you want to say it right like gentrifying almost but yeah. it's, a, it's a natural thing that happens to white on white grows. gentrification yeah is that racist for me to even say no absolutely <laughs> not i think it's incredibly i think it's it's economic that's white on white economic crime yeah <laughs> that's, that's i think crazy. it's real it's, it just happens is. it's the nature of the city it grows man yeah. everybody grows every neighborhood grows whether you like it or not because everybody has kids for the most part you know generally the population continues to grow so you just got to keep up i and also heard your that small town is not going to be so small i also heard i think on the wall street journal that the birth rate went down for the first time and a long time yeah where we didn't have as many babies last year as we did i mean there's you know. reasons why i don't have kids yet <laughs> you know yeah. i'm 30 years old i mean there's i look at this go at time and just like well i'm just gonna wait until you know i have a better handle on life yeah make sure everything's i don't want to bring a 
a kid into the situation and then, you know, have them have their lifestyle suffer if I can prevent it. You know, hey man, I got time I'm still. I'm not worried. Telling you, it's just like when we watched Avengers. I'm like, is Thanos wrong? Yeah. Is he wrong? Like that is. I mean, you know, is yeah. that fucked up for me to think? Would would the planet maybe be better with half as many people on it? <laughs> you maybe? can't. You can't like, say no. But I mean, you can't say yes because you'd be Thanos. You'd be a monster, right? But I mean, it and does... there's no telling who would be gone. Like no. I might be one of those people that's gone, and then I don't even get to enjoy it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I might be Spider Man. You might be Spider Man. That was oh, spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna leave it. Nobody will really know until but, they see it's it. It's been out for what two weeks? Something like that. Yeah. So, so. no, you're fine. Uh, no spoilers. I'm sure I, there's I don't believe been a in spoilers after like two two weeks. Anytime I'm, after that. Okay, the movies have been out, man. I'm sure there's been a meme of it already, and at that point, I don't feel bad. There you go. You know, if somebody's memed it, I can... I what can. about the the trolls, man? How many memes do you have to make, do you see, before you... Okay, this is good. These aren't just the trolls trying to spoil everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the internet, people. Yeah. Yo, let's... Uh, yeah, I think we can conclude our tax talk. Yeah, so that's um, it. If we didn't cover anything, if there's any other questions that you have... Absolutely let us know. We will cover them the best that we can. If we don't have the information, we'll look it up and try and get it to you. If we have an article that we can directly you know, link you to, we'll send that to you also. So any questions at all, hit us up on the website, on Twitter, mm-hmm. on Instagram, on anything. Anything at all. Because and that's what the goal is of the podcast. It's it's to bridge the gap between we're left bridges. and right. We're yeah. building bridges. It's that That is the intent. I mean, we've talked about that a lot of time. I mean, the intent is... To bridge the gap between people and information. Yeah. I, so I, if you have a question about the the tax and, you know, it's going to help you make up your mind on which way to go, hit us up. That's what we're here for. Yeah. You know, we, we do our best to, to bring you as much of the of the discussion as possible. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we only have a week to do these. I mean, it takes a lot. There's a lot to go into these type of uh, issues. Right, and this one is so big, like we said, that we didn't mm-hmm. do the descents this week. You know, yeah. that we wanted to really put as much information and time into this as we could. So, yep. it's anything at all that we didn't cover is something that we want someone to ask about. Absolutely. You know, so, so, let but, us know. So, we will move on and just give me a timestamp so I can write it down in my notes. 140. 140. Yeah, it's the end of that big one. Nice. That's good. I think we like we planned a little over an hour for that. Yeah. Yeah, because so. we wanted to really dive into this one. We're not yeah. gonna have too many big, big more news stories. Right. Uh, um, yeah, the other ones are just yeah. kind of smaller, like additive type stuff, more like check ins. because um, we can talk about like uh North Korea next. You yeah, man. Jump into North Korea. So, yeah, so I believe the last time that we were here, uh we had announced <laughs> the the day that the summit was gonna be, right? It was yep. set for June twelfth, right? Um in and just then, the coming days after that, yep. uh, North Korea, they they previously had been saying that they were open to complete denuclearization of the mm-hmm. peninsula, right? I mean, that they were willing to give up their weapons and do everything. And then they came out one day after, uh, actually. So John Bolton was on Fox News, probably because he's a Fox News contributor, yeah. and said that... Who is now the... Uh, the uh, National Security, Security. Advisor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, John Bolton came out and said that they had in mind the Libya model for the de- the de- denuclearization of of the peninsula, right? Which the 
the, the, the Libya model? Is That's what he said. Yeah. That, that doesn't they had the seem Libya like a good model, model. Right? Because if you don't know that much about Libya, which I don't know a whole lot, right? But I know a little bit. Um, the Bush administration essentially sent Gaddafi a message and said, give up your nuclear weapons or we are fucking coming for you. You right. remember what happened to Saddam? So he said... Do you want that to happen okay, to you? You know, and they, you know, agreed to, like, protect uh-huh. him and, you know, everything's going to be fine. Don't worry. You don't need them. Um, and yeah, then I think... he used to be our guy. Yeah. You know? And then I think 20 years later, he's being murdered and sodomized by his own people yep. uh, outside of his compound. So mm-hmm. from another leader um, who... Dictator, we should say, not leader. Uh, from another dictator point of view, Kim Jong-un... Uh, sitting in North Korea, is probably thinking, well, that didn't work out that well for the dictator in Libya. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think I want that to happen here, especially with all the people that I have in these forced work camps and that are bordering on starvation. The Libya model. Yes. So, you know, I saw a headline about that on yeah. Fox News, and I just said, well, this is probably just, this seems too sensational. Something's, I just, yeah. Next. There's more important ones to look into. But so it's God presumed, damn. right, that he meant just the denuclearization part, just them giving up all of their weapons. But yeah. if that's the case, you should have fucking said that instead of what you said, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, Donald Trump came out and said, no, 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 like we don't, not Libya, because we, he said, we demolished that country. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we you demolished can, yeah, that area. He can't like, we don't, back up that opinion because he's already spoken out against it. Exactly. And so he's like, well, no, that's not what we mean. We mean the other part where it's just, we just tell them to give up all their nukes and that's just it. Yeah. You know, that's what I think that he would mean. But Which, right, which is which is all, all well and good, you know, but mm-hmm. it just portrays to the rest of the world more disagreement and more chaos within the administration, How which doesn't look good. You when, know? when you're on a, a foreign affairs level like that, you know, when you're that public to the world and you say something... How you say it is more important than yes, what you say. Absolutely, and that's that's he's why he's been a Fox News contributor too long. He can't talk like that in his new job. That's like when when they pulled out when the Trump administration pulled out of the Paris Climate Accords, mm-hmm. and then Emmanuel Macron gave a speech in English in France. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like. That was a big. You know what I'm saying? That's not because he's like, oh, I'm really trying to work on my English. That's because Donald Trump. Are you fucking listening to what I'm saying to you? And because he's not you're a, who I'm talking to. He's like, not a politician either. He yeah. wasn't. And no. I love he. He plays the game. I like Macron. Me too. I do. I don't know policy wise. I have no idea. But I, I like the that, optics I like that the I get guy. from him as yeah. an American. You know, I like that. Yeah, his involvement on our geopolitical stage. Um, you know, because he's just an actor yeah. behind a nation, and I like his performance. I like the way that he almost challenges his Trump's mm-hmm. dominance. You Which know? is so funny. Because I think for somebody like that is important, you know? Like, I don't think, on the whole, doing that to the American president is not great, you know? Mm-hmm. But for somebody like Donald Trump, they kind of need that a little I bit. I was really you know? surprised that um, the person to take up that role and try to check his his ego wasn't uh, Angela Merkel. Yeah. She is kind of a... a Tough Stern. cookie, man. Yeah, and I'm really surprised it wasn't her. Well, and uh, what's her face in in the UK? Um, what's her name? The Prime Minister, Margaret Thatcher. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just joking. No, not her. Jokes. What's her name? Um, yeah, why is it on? It's on tip of my tongue. 
She's in the BBC, like, but every yeah, other day. the UK Prime Minister. She's pretty tough Theresa too. Theresa May. Yes. Theresa May. Yeah, she's fairly tough too, at least uh, when it came to the assassination of Sergei Skripal. Yeah, when um, she's talking to Russia, yeah, she's ready to throw going down pretty hard. Yeah, but, yeah. No, I would put like Angela Merkel and like uh, Sarah Sanders and Nikki Haley, all all kind of in that same yeah. little arc of like, don't take no shit from bitches, nobody. You know, Kamala Harris kind of is like up in that area. She's and, trying. Yeah, she's got a, a few skeletons in her closet, though. Yeah, well, and she it's different. Talk, it's not she can't quite talk too loud. Yet. It's not as as on a global scale as it is yeah. for like it's just a state scale. Sarah Sanders is like in the grand scheme of things a small employee, but it's watched vigilantly by the rest of the world. Yeah. So what she says carries a huge amount of weight, and I, that's why I put her up in that area with those yeah. two people. It's not because I mean, she's, she just tell you, you that know, it, if you got it from CNN, it's fake news. Yeah. <laughs> We'll talk about that later. Yeah, that was funny. Um, yeah, so so after that happened, uh, Kim Jong-un then said that until the U.S. stopped talking about unilateral denuclearization, they weren't willing to have any more peace talks. You know, they weren't willing to continue with the summit. And so yeah. the U.S., you know, the Trump administration probably saw something like that coming, you know, that they mm-hmm. – I believe that I heard that, that they figured this would happen, that he would try and posture, try and do something before the summit came. So it's not something that they're surprised by, but it's also not necessarily a good sign, you know, considering yeah. last week we were talking about the I cautious said, optimism. I used like, the, the qualifier, yes. cautiously optimistic. Because two days later, there Boom. you fucking go. Throw you know? it right in my face. So it's And it doesn't necessarily mean this is more of the same, but it's a red flag to more of the same. And it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Yeah. But uh, we just have to wait and see again. And see how yeah. it goes on. At this point, I mean, there's not, you know, nothing else has really been said. Um, so we'll just have to kind of wait and, like you said, just kind of have to wait and see uh, what comes of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yo, somehow I just got involved in it. A scam on my phone. Uh-oh. Yeah, just one of them random text messages you get. I hate that. I fucking hate that. Yeah. So. It's 2018. Sure, as far exist. as North Korea goes, I think that that's it. Yeah. Uh, Gina Haspel. I'd like Got to touch confirmed. on that because, yeah, we talked about Gina Haspel last week. Um, talked a lot about Gina Haspel last week. Um, and she was confirmed, I believe, on yep. Thursday. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, she I was I confirmed. Yeah, it was I a pretty it. close margin. I think. I think it was 54, a 52, 54. 54 to forty-five. I think because John McCann, I don't think, was there. Uh, fifty-two to forty-seven was the final vote. That's what it was. Yep. Okay, so there you go. So, yeah, because that's that's still missing. Yeah, I John don't think McCain. John McCain was there. Yeah, he's uh, in the. I think he's in the last, the last part of his his days pretty soon. Yeah. yeah, there's been a lot of he's made a lot of public statements about kind of you know like tying up loose ends, including that he doesn't want Donald Trump at his funeral. That yeah. he wants Mike Pence to go instead, which I think is good. Um, good yes, call. good, and also a bold statement considering all the fucking shit that Donald Trump has talked about John McCain, who, mm-hmm. like we said last week, is a goddamn war hero. Uh, yep. And a prisoner of war for seven fucking years. And I, I don't like people that get captured. Huh? Yeah. Huh? And to try and call yourself a patriot and to then shit on somebody who, like we said, was held captive for years by the Viet Cong, I think is disgusting. Can you imagine that being your, the you know, a it's going to be a big event. People yeah. are going to read about it. It's going to be on TV. John yeah. McCain's funeral will be on TV for sure. And that, I mean, do you want that? 
part of your the end of your life to be documented by you know a speaker or something like that right i don't i know no absolutely not yeah i understand that the president but i mean death is a very personal thing right that's that's my shit i if i if i want this done after i die that's what i'm that's what's going to happen because this is the way i want to write my history going out right you know you know, it's a lot I, of end of life memoirs. I heard, um, you know who Bo Bergdahl is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I heard when I was listening to that serial about him, um, that the person who debriefed him when he got back from being held captive, right? Bo Bergdahl was the guy who he walked off of his base in, in Afghanistan and Abandoned was held captive. His post and then yeah, got was, captured. Was held captive by the Taliban for four years and then was, was traded for a few people out of Guantanamo Bay and then was brought back. That's a whole other discussion we can have yeah, another day. Yeah, not going to get in there. Um, but, um, but that is what happened. Yeah. Um, and so I heard on that serial podcast, which I think is is undoubtedly the best information you can get about that. It's um, a really good is podcast. That podcast yeah. um, because it's filled with interviews from people who served with him and officers, non-commissioned officers, commissioned officers that were there. Um, so I heard in that that... The torture that he endured was the worst anybody has seen since Vietnam. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, there was times where he was kept in a cage for like several years, which is like similar to John McCain and um, like shit like that, that, yeah, the torture that he endured. And that was from the guy who, like I said, the guy who debriefed him. So the military officer who was in charge of, um, you know, survival and evasion, something, resistance. So... Um, that's, yeah. I mean, it's, you get it directly from the source, right? And that, I mean, you get a lot of different views. Yeah, but, but I thought yeah. that was wild. Like I said, that that the level of torture that he was exposed to was the worst that the U.S. has seen since yeah. Vietnam. You know, which yeah. is that's a long time, it's of, very long time, like to set a record of. You know, but mm-hmm. that's a that's a discussion for another day. But yeah, so Gina Haspel got confirmed. We talked about John McCain because he had serious reservations about her being placed yeah. as the director of the CIA. She's going to be the first female director of the CIA, which is certainly a, it's a, it's a, a big, big fucking step. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, as we talked about last time, I still think that there's a lot of, a lot of things that, that are little red flags for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, you know, now we'll just kind of have to wait and see. I mean, cause she's not going to be a huge public figure. I mean, mm-hmm. she's the head of, yeah. of the clandestine agency of the United States. So, I wonder um, how much more we're going to, because people are going to be looking for that now. Right. We'll, we'll probably hear more than average. And so I wonder what probably. what level of info we're going to get. More than we heard about Mike Pompeo. Yeah. I would right. think. That still blew know. my mind that the head of the CIA had that top secret mission to fly over to North Korea during Easter weekend. That was the craziest. I was like, dude, we just heard about some top secret mission from the America CIA does himself. wild shit, bro. Crazy. Yeah, America does wild shit. Espionage, baby. Secrets and lies. <laughs> so, uh, what's the next thing? Uh, Michael Cohen? Is that Michael Cohen and kind of Donald Trumpy type stuff? Yeah, Is and what we're doing if you here? you take the lead on this Michael Cohen thing, because um, I have not been following it. Yeah, so... Well, you have to pick and choose the stories you follow. I have right. a hard time with the, the Michael Cohen one. So, it's not... And there's been all kinds of stuff. I'm not super well versed on it, right? But from there's been all kinds of reports about different companies and stuff that have worked with him, like AT and T and different big companies that worked with Michael Cohen's 
what they're calling his shell company, you know, like that's the, the media keeps calling it his shell company just yeah. to try and throw more shade on him, you know, um, which that is what it was, but it it's, is what it was. It's, it's, yeah. It's still, a, um, yeah. Yeah. It was legitimate. It was just still a, a legitimate shell. Right. And so there was an ethics disclosure released on Wednesday that he had repaid more than a hundred thousand dollars to Michael Cohen, um, which, Obviously brought back the questions about Stormy Daniels, right? Mm-hmm. And he oh said, boy. we don't like to talk about Stormy Daniels because we want to shit on the president or because it's so salacious and fucking so sick. It's because we are trying to keep track of the whole timeline. When, when you've got a president that lies as much as this one does, mm-hmm. right? It's important to continue to keep track of when he lies and the things that he lies about. Yeah. You know, um, and that's not to say that. The president is going to be honest all of the time because there's some shit that he can't talk about or that he shouldn't talk about or whatever, you know, regarding national yeah. security or what the any, fuck ever. Any but, president. Right. But this is – we've talked about it more, you know, like before that it's it's just a, a moral issue. You know? yeah. And at this point, it's being covered in the media because people are looking for any reason to try and get enough traction to try and get him impeached. You yeah. know? And I don't – do I approve – do I approve morally of – like this you know um no Mm -hmm. but it's a big deal because he's been lying about it so much yeah right and that's why again another reason why it's getting so much traction is because it's just more validated proof that he's lied instead of just shit that he tweeted from his own personal account which nobody can use in any type of legal situation right yeah so yeah i don't know it's yeah so what was the is it just more news about the shell company and pretty much yeah um it's let's see which was it uh michael avenetti the uh her stephanie clifford's lawyer yeah that released that information um i believe because he had like done a bunch of investigative work and and, right Um, no that that was a memo that he put out because he put out a memo that said whatever you know mm. and there was like dueling memos i have something else here there was okay. like dueling memos between him and a lawyer for the trump administration probably michael mm. cohen's lawyer that's okay. what it was is that they're fucking throwing mud and shit back on each other is what mm. this article is about um so yeah he put out a he put out a memo that had to do with Oh, who fucking knows? You yeah. know, all kinds of shit that Donald Trump did wrong and whatever. Yeah. And I don't, I don't no. put almost any credence in those things anymore. It's, it's become so standard operating procedure to just yeah throw your opinion out there as a politician or somebody involved in the administration. You know, we saw that with the Devin Nunes memo. It's like, why y'all got to quit doing this memo stuff, man? That's it's, you're getting into the he said, she said, right? Just because you write this down in a memo doesn't mean it's true. You're just explaining what you think is true. You know, it doesn't do me any good. Right. And I'm tired of seeing all these things. Because you can't take them at... You, there's no value to them. You have no idea. Because they could just be lying. Yeah. You never know. And then with the history of the lies that have come out of all this administration, because I think they're all used to being in the corporate world where you just lie all the time. Right. And it doesn't fly like that because, you know... It's government. You can't necessarily lie all the time. Yeah, no. So this is this is an ethics uh, an ethics report because based on a financial financial disclosure mm. that he released. 
Um, and it says that he reimbursed personal attorney Michael Cohen as much as $250,000 for unspecified expenses. Um, mm. The head of the National Ethics Office on Wednesday questioned why Trump didn't include this in his previous year's sworn disclosure and passed along his concerns to federal prosecutors, right? So mm. from the article in the New York Times, I'm providing, this is a quote, I'm providing both reports to you because you may find the disclosure relevant to any inquiry you may be pursuing. David Apple, acting, acting director of the Office of Government Ethics, wrote to Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who is the head of the Mueller investigation, um, since Jeff Sessions recused himself. Right. Um, and that's something else that's been talked about lately is that the, you know, they're calling it the anniversary or whatever. Like it's been yeah. one year since, since Robert Mueller's been investigating and there's, I don't know, man. I go back and forth with this because I don't understand the argument that, like, well, nothing's coming out of the investigation, so he must fucking not have anything, you know? Yeah, it's like, oh, and wow, I'm, there's no leaks. Like, right. Isn't this what you asked for? Like, yeah. isn't this what we've all wanted this whole time is for the leaks to stop? <laughs> Like, yeah. and then there was a report that came out that Rudy Giuliani said that Robert Mueller wouldn't file charges against Donald Trump, you know, even yeah. if he found anything, right? Which there's argument all the time about whether or not you can te- you can press charges against a sitting president, right? Yeah. It says, I believe, in the Constitution, not in the Constitution, no, 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 it was some president that was passed down after Richard Nixon, right? That mm-hmm. it's it's a law, that's what it is, that it's a law that you and we're back yeah again yeah. more technical difficulties you know, we're learning we're learning yeah. all the time so <laughs> uh so robert Mueller, right yeah we're back on robert Mueller. we're talking right. about giuliani so yeah so there is a law that you can't press charges against a sitting president right because the idea is that it will cause him so much distress that it will distract him from his duties as a president right? that's running the country right and so uh, that's Romans why had the same thing with their consuls and that's why impeachment is a thing, is because mm-hmm. if you're able to find something criminal that the president has done, you can impeach him, and then you can press charges against him. That's yeah. the whole idea, right? Yep. So, like, uh, when Richard Nixon got in trouble, he was found to be an unindicted co-conspirator, Yeah. right? So that it could be passed down forever in law, in Congress, in notes, in everything, that Richard Nixon had fucked up. Yep. But he's the sitting president, so we cannot press charges against him. We got to just let it sit. You yep. know what I'm saying? So it's not... In four years, you can address it. Right. Or, or less. So it's not a surprise to me that Robert Mueller would say that. Or that Rudy yeah. Giuliani would say that. Because if he finds something, of course he's not going to press charges. He's going to release his report to the media and give it to Congress. Give it to everybody. Mm-hmm. And then he's it's going to... F- see his findings at the bottom that Donald Trump did this, right? If he finds something Mm -hmm. that will be published in his report. And that's when Congress will decide whether or not he needs to be impeached so that he can be charged. Or if there's nothing there, then he's not going to be charged. Like that's, that's how it's supposed to work. Right. So I don't understand this. I don't get, I think it's just ignorance on how the system works. And, like uh, that's civics. That's that's civics right there. You yeah, know, that is shit that we learned civics in high school. Civics one hundred and one. I don't. Yeah, I didn't learn any of that in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just don't understand that. You know, yeah. the like the frenzy that was built up around it. That and that's like, to me why it's always in my rear view window because you know I just don't have to care. wait. Yeah, you know, just wait. You know, that's the whole point of this thing. It, they take time. You know. Every, like I said, we were talking about with uh, police investigations in general. Um, it was, uh, what did I say? It was like, I don't care about knowing all the facts as they come in. You know, I have enough faith 
in the justice system, I suppose. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> on that level, that no, an investigate investigation will be done it'll be done thoroughly and correctly and then after the investigation is completed we will get a release right and that's the way it's supposed to go because you every little piece of evidence you find you know you can get that and then you create your own narrative onto why but you don't have the big picture yet and right. so you shouldn't you know even if there was leaks and stuff like that out of it you wouldn't you shouldn't you should take them with a grain of salt because you don't know the context and another reminder that Robert Mueller's investigation is into Russian interference in the election, election. right? It's not about it's Trump, It's not Russia. about Donald Trump. This Trump, has, Russia is not a thing. This should have nothing to do with you, right? And that's why this Michael Cohen stuff started is because Robert Mueller found something and passed it to the FBI, passed it to federal investigators because Donald Trump is not what his sights are on, right? Mm-hmm. So when he found something sus, when he was looking through... Whatever, you know, Trump's financial stuff, whatever. You know, he's looking through something relevant to him when he found that. And, and it then got he out passed to the on. media. Yes. From the FBI. Exactly. And that's how we know about it. We you know, he Robert Mueller probably knew about this for a while and yeah. just was making sure he had a complete he had to eliminate all the possibilities of it being tied to his investigation. Right. And then okay, not my job. Pass it on to the FBI. And for all the people who say that like Robert Mueller's investigation is a waste of time and it's a waste of money, right? I think that when you can look at the consensus of the intelligence communities, right? And then also the Senate investigation, which closed this week also, that both found that Russia did in fact interfere with the election and did in fact want Donald Trump to win. I don't think that's a waste of time. No. That seems like a good place for my money to be going. Yes. Is for somebody to find out what the fuck happened, how that happened, and how it can never happen again. Yep. Because what the fuck? You know, like this... Not allowed. No, this has nothing to do with you. And you have to be completely ignoring those signs. Like I 13 intelligence communities or whatever. Yeah. And then also the Senate of the United States telling you, Russia fucked with the election. This is there's no question here. There's no anything. This happened. That happened, right? One hundred. One of my first dissents was about that. It doesn't matter how much money they spent, right? It doesn't matter. That is not the point. The point is that they were able to get into the election at all, right? And I, even that, because my my dissent was about not allowing media to like interfere with people and shit, right? The problem, the biggest problem. Is that they got into voting machines. Yeah. Right? There's no evidence that they changed anything. But again, that's not the fucking point. They got in. The point is that they got in. Mm-hmm. That they were there. They have the capability. And we didn't know at the time, you know, but we saw afterwards. It's we can the, see yeah. now that they did that. It's the equivalent of somebody breaking into your house at night and just being there and not doing anything. Just when touching it, your stuff. Yep. Right? I saw a video. I saw a video one time of a guy... Who found a woman living in his attic, right? He's noticing that food and shit is like going missing from his attic. Give me chills right now. I'm talking about giving <gasps> me chills, right? That. So he sets up a camera in his, yeah, in his, his kitchen. thought he was sleepwalking. Yep. Sets up a like, camera dude. in his kitchen, and you can see on the camera this woman like crawls out from his ceiling oh. down, down off of his fridge, makes food, does some other shit, climbs back up into his fucking ceiling. Like, she's there for months. She lived in his house for months, and he didn't know about it. That is so fucking terrifying. How fucking violated do you feel when you find that on the footage the next day, and you're like, no. 
Like, there's no way. Like, there's no way that there's really a bitch in my fucking attic right now eating my goddamn food. No. No. How? No. You know what I'm saying? It's like those paranormal activity movies. Yes. You're sleeping and then stuff's going on around you. And you just don't even know about it. Oh, dude. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. I don't don't need that. It's the same idea behind that, you know, that it doesn't matter if they didn't break any of the shit in your house. It doesn't matter if they didn't steal it. They were there, dog. And are you fine with people just coming into your house and you don't know about it? No. No. It's the same thing, man. And so yeah. don't want another and it's that's that's got to be against some type of international law interfering with a sovereign nation's election like that's got to be you know what I'm saying that's yeah. like that's like pushing that's like uh putting money into a, a coalition to try and topple a nation you know like yeah. that's like the same thing like that's you can't <laughs> do shit like that like you no. can't do that you know yeah you can't have a proxy war it's, via economic interference anybody or who, political interference any if you've ever heard anybody say that the russians did not interfere in the election they are lying to you that yeah. is not the truth that is a lie it's it is the consensus the unanimous consensus of the intelligence communities of the united states unless that russia a, interfered if, in the election yeah. unless you believe that everyone is lying about it except and for the house some grand, except for the house because how the yeah. fuck did that happen yeah you know? <laughs> but yeah it's yeah and that's what it's yeah after a while it's distasteful to be to trying to follow these michael cohen stories because they're not yeah. worth anything to me whatever i don't care the the big thing is the russia actually involving themselves in our election how do we stop it you know, I would like to know all the nature of the damage that was done, if there was any. You know, how compromised were we? They got into voting machines. How did that happen? How do we prevent it from ever happening again? Yeah. You know, the and that's and what I, I blame into, and I blame the the collusion narrative, man. It's just beat to death, beat to death, beat to death, and it is it, it delegitimizes does, the Mueller investigation. Yes. You know, and, and that's it, the it exact does point. Such a like, disservice to the importance of what's going on because it skews people's even understanding of what it is exactly you know that's how you get people that are like, oh well no that's that's just not true we don't know we don't know we did that it's like, yes no we know 100 percent, we know i don't every intelligence service that we have says oh yeah yeah right. i got in and i've not seen the data myself but i'm apt to believe 13 different intelligence agents even 11 or 13 either one of those two you know i don't remember what the exact number is but I'm pretty apt to believe them. And then also the Senate, when they say, hey, yes, that happened. Like, we looked, we saw it, we all, mm-hmm. the intelligence community as a whole, we we have, you know. The uh, Senate Intelligence Agency. Right. We, mean, can, we can we can see all this classified material. And that shit happened. Like, yeah. We can see it, you know. You, and you can watch it on C-SPAN. Yes. You could go back and watch it right from the horse's mouth. Zero narrative spin, nothing. You get the facts about what they said they saw. That, and, yeah, they yeah. said they could see it real time. You know, them yeah. doing that shit That was in so there. terrifying like, to listen to. And there's nothing they could do about it. What were we listening to when they said that? Was that when the intelligence communities testified? Is that what it was? Yeah, there was like uh, like three or four of them yeah, on a panel. The, the head they, of a couple yeah. of the intelligence communities went and testified in front of Congress. Um, and we listened to that at work. And... Um, and I believe that they said, I believe it was there that we heard of, they said that they thought that something like that would happen. Yeah. So they watched it, right? Because they knew they couldn't stop it. 
But if it was going to happen, they could at least monitor and see what happened, you know? And they could see real-time people from Russia accessing the systems. Like, yeah. And then, I mean... That's fucking dangerous, bro. It's I don't insane. Like, I don't... You know, how do you ignore that? Like, how exactly. do you ignore that? You and, know? again, just to shit on the mainstream media again, if they, if they weren't pushing this stupid fucking narrative... So hard, Horrible. the wrong direction. We'd have more people that know the and probably understand the the legitimate weight of the situation. And without having, it's like being not having all the facts, you know. And without having all the facts, how are you going to make an informed decision whether right. or not you think there's collusion? All you're doing oh is gosh. just sh- just saying shit that yeah. doesn't mean anything, you know. When you don't take the time. To look up what you're talking about, you're not actually making any points. You're just putting mud in the water. Yep. You know, it's fine. It's so more than fine to not know shit. To just say, <laughs> "Man, I don't really know." You know, I, I know. think this, right? Go back, check the tapes, right? I'll tell you. I don't know, but right off the bat, my opinion is this: I don't yeah. fucking know. I don't know about that. I've never read an article about it. Yeah. And if you want my informed opinion, I'll tell you. Ask me again tomorrow. Yeah. Give me a night so I can read up some shit. I can see. I can try and make an opinion, you know? That's why it took us a week to do this shit on the tax. Yeah. Know? Give me some time so I can learn about it and see what the problem is. See what I think maybe is going on. You Absolutely. Know? It's so preferable to say, you know, I don't know. And I don't want to speak on something I don't know about because I don't want to propagate false information. Like, shows that shows so wisdom. Okay. Character, dog. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't. It's so okay. It's so okay to say I don't know. It yeah. is so fucking okay I to ju- say I, I don't just know. wish more people would say it. Yes, you know, it's not. It doesn't make you stupid. You're not dumb for not knowing something. Yeah. That is not dumb. You know, not at all. It's <laughs> that's you just it's, don't know. Yeah. You know, there's too much to know. There's just too much. You know, it's 2018. Technology is insane. Society is insane. Work crap is insane. It's just too much to keep track of. For everybody, nobody also, can d- stay totally plugged in. Yeah, it would take <laughs> it would take an AI, <laughs> artificial yeah. intelligence. It's, it's just, coming. And actually, I figured out. Well, I mean, are we done with uh, the Michael Cohen Trump? I think. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, because yeah, I mean, you know, the Trumpy type stuff that Michael Cohen, yeah. Donald Trump, Mueller investigation. Those are all kind of. Robert Mueller should be separate, yeah. but because of you, Mr. Trump, yeah. he's part of Trumpy things. So, oh yeah, that's you, you started it, bro. You fought, you, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think I had well one more thing tied to that. Maybe not. All right, I'm just gonna scroll oh, then, through yeah, here and make one sure. One last thing. Uh, they talked about it on the Commentary Magazine podcast. Um, yes, they attempted to do. But I guess the uh, the New York Times put in an article about the Mueller probe, and apparently, essentially, we're talking about how they kind of helped create the the narrative monster that's around it. Yeah. Um, but it was insanely long, and so I've got it pulled up. Uh, I got it saved in my computer, so well, I can send get that to it to at me. some point. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> I saw it. I pulled it up on my phone the first time, and I just kept scrolling down. I was like, "How long is this?" Yeah. I mean. Apparently, it was like 70-something paragraphs. Damn. At least. Because um, one of the guys on the on the podcast said that uh, in paragraph 70-something, you know, or 60-something, I can't remember. He said this, and this is what stood out to me. So, it's at least that long. 
It's longer than hell. So yeah. I haven't gotten through it yet, but words. Uh, commentary attempted to talk about it, but the problem is that the because of the the media and all the leaks and creating all these different story points along the timeline, and each one of those story points branches off. You know, it uh, it makes it trying to create the timeline next to impossible. Yeah. It is so hard to do. They spend an hour before they or after they pre-planned how they would talk and try to present it. It took them an hour to talk about it. And they just, it went so many different directions. It's so hard to keep track of. That's a good podcast. It gets boring as fuck, but it's good. The information is good. <laughs> I love good. it. But John Pot Hort's voice is boring as fuck. <laughs> or uh, Arab, so, you know. Sorab Amari. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, his voice is boring. The person I really like, Noah Rothman. Noah Rothman is great. Saves the whole thing for me. I like Abe too. Abe is good. Like the two guys that speak the least are the best. You know, <laughs> unfortunately, that's, and it's so and it's funny. not because they speak the least. Like, but yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah it's definitely a. Uh, it's not a. It's not a podcast for everybody. I'll and tell he you sits that much, this close sometimes. And yeah, yeah, he breathes a lot. And you can hear him wheeze, bro. And I just, I tweeted I him one day and told him, dog, like I literally just had to stop listening to your podcast because I couldn't stand listening to you. <sighs> it's so bad. Breathe into the mic when you're not talking. And oh, I said, man. so just back up. And he said, no. No. He tweeted back at me and said, no. <laughs> and so I, I was love like, it. He- all right, well, fuck me, right? So <laughs> if you listen to it long enough, you realize he's a... He's a, a Twitter expert, man. He and throws he's down. Funny. He's he funny. Is. He's Yeah. Because you know it's all, if you listen to him, you realize it's all that kind of, I don't want to sound racist or stereotypical, but all that yeah. like kind of conservative Jew stereotypical jokes. Yeah. It's so great, man. He delivers uh, a level of political comedy that is just, it just runs in the subgrade, man. Yeah. <laughs> so there's two... Um, I think just two more, a little more somber things that we want to touch on before we move oh, to yeah. pop culture. We aren't really going to talk about them. I'm just going to touch on them. Yeah. Um, the one that I'll bring up and I'll let you handle the worst one because that's uh, what kind of guy I am. Yeah, man. Um, is that there was a plane crash in Cuba yeah. um, that had 105 passengers and nine crew members on board and three women survived. Oh. Um, so that's 111 people that perished in that. Five Lived through a plane crash. Five were children. Um, yeah, and three women were made it through the crash. Um, Good lord! I guess Cuba, um, as is a lot of their shit, their airplanes are really broken and fucked up and run down. Very so outdated. They have a a little bit of a history of problems with um, aviation, mm. so it's obviously something that will be looked into. But they also obviously blame a lot of the sanctions and stuff like that that they had yeah. um f- that's why all their cars and shit are so old that's why everything they have is sold is because yeah. they couldn't buy anything for so long um but so we'll see you know now that cuba's a little more open and they have more communication with the rest of the world we'll kind of see what happens for that but yeah that's so that's that is something that happened the other day i think that was on friday that that happened mm-hmm. um also on friday there was a, a school shooting in texas yeah another um, school shooting yep and uh yeah, we had uh, talked a little bit about it on Friday, and uh, I think gotten to the point now where, um, you know, I don't really want to dive into all of these. Not know. because it's not important, but yeah, it's just too much. It, it, it really, it just, I can't, I can't stomach it anymore. It's so just disgusting. 
and you and, know. and we are uh, similar with last week. That's why there was the beep in there. If you guys listen to it, yeah. um, is that we are going to along with several other media companies, something that we agree with. Um, we just on the off chance that any of these things are done partially in an effort to receive fame or recognition, we're not going to share the names of anybody uh, no. who you know is is the the shooter or the perpetrator of any of these crimes. You know, we will yeah. talk about things that need to be discussed or that we feel need to be discussed, and um, it literally pisses me off now when i see a washington post article with his name bright in the headlines yeah. and i say what the fuck are you guys doing you're contributing to this yeah knock it the fuck off and it just yeah i don't usually swear that much that i'm very it pisses me off so yeah. much so that's so that's why the bleep last week. That's just something we're not going to do. It's not a big deal. Just yeah. something we don't want to contribute. I was going to cut it out, but um, I wanted to bleep. It. No, I think that's good. <laughs> I think the bleep was a good decision. Um, so you know, it's like I said, it's things that we'll discuss. Or we feel like they need to be discussed, but it, that's not something yeah. we don't want to contribute to. Uh, in the off chance that part of the reason they did it was for recognition, excuse yeah. me, that's not something we want to contribute to. We don't want to validate that. So yeah, but um, just to touch on it, um, uh, last number I saw was. 10 dead, 10 more injured. Um, I haven't been following it again. That was just the initial numbers that I first heard. Um, and then uh, apparently they also found explosive devices planted in the school in the surrounding area, which is another kind of uh, different. It's not necessarily typical. Yeah. And so that's something that was kind of new about this one. A definite uh, escalation in, in the threat that these things pose. Yeah, but, it was uh, in Santa Fe. I don't know if we ever yeah, said Santa that. Yeah, Santa Fe, Texas. Um, Santa yeah. Fe High School, I believe. 10 and 10 is what it looks like. 10 people that were killed and 10 people that were injured. Yeah. Um, but apparently, I think he's in custody. I don't think yeah. he's dead. Um, I also read this morning that J.J. Uh, Watt, um, mm-hmm. who, if you remember, raised $37 million in donations for uh, for Houston, right, after the, uh, after yeah. the hurricane, right? Yeah, he's very um, philanthropic. <clears throat> J.J. Watt, who's the right end for the Houston Texans, pro bowler, absolute fucking animal, 6'5", 265 pounds, I believe. He might be even bigger than that. And a true Um, saint of a man. Absolutely. He also, I don't know if you read this, uh, he stepped up and volunteered to pay for in full the funeral for all 10 victims of the shooting. That is amazing. Yeah. So I'm gonna cry right now. Yeah. So not only um and that was one of the problems I had like with the Colin Kaepernick thing was that he was voted man of the year. After J.J. Watt had raised $37 million um, yeah. for the victims of Houston, when I believe his initial goal was $1 million, mm-hmm. um, he raised 37 million. That's powerful. Um, so, so yeah, on, on an incredibly lighter note, um, J.J. Watt note to, yeah, We'll end on to, that note. Yep, we will end Hope that and move on to pop culture on that yeah. note. The J.J. Watt, the saint of the man that he is, um, yeah. he... Absolutely incredible person. Stepped up and offered to pay for that himself. So I'm sure that I'm, he'll probably be in attendance to all ten funerals. Um, that oh, you know, that wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all. I'm sure there'll be some some stuff that that may go into the grave with some of those people. Mm-hmm. So um, that's thank wow. you. You know we appreciate JJ Watt and things man. like that. Yeah, that's a big deal. You I know love that. um, that's good. So, so I think uh, yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a full enough grab into the grab bag absolutely yeah um, so we can move on to pop culture if you like you say you watched the movies this week right i did i watched the movie on thursday i watched boondock saints um just right. an amazing movie that i absolutely have, i gotta I've hit head and then i'll so come long. back and i'll talk absolutely. about boondock saints because i like that movie word um but what Maybe else a little pop- synopsis for people who never seen boondock. 
If you've never seen Boondock Saints, fuck you. But <laughs> tell people just a little bit about what it's about. Boondock Saints is... It was a late 90s movie, I believe. It's hard uh, to describe. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, the uh, storyline is a really interesting take on uh, kind of like a, a call from God religious vigilante story. Um, it was actually used... Uh, the inspiration apparently was used also in the... Watchmen movies, the Watchmen movies, a uh, graphic novel that turned into a movie uh, a few years back. Jeez, uh, probably like, I don't know, eight or nine, probably at least. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a it's a story about these two uh, Irish brothers live in Boston and uh, they end up somehow getting involved into some uh, gangland violence between uh uh, you know a russian mob mafia type thing and uh ends up getting involved in uh just a uh a vigilante spree around boston they start uh they feel they have a call to god off to have a confrontation with uh some members of this russian mob and then they decide to just go on this killing spree because every time they go on they uh they go kill some bad mobsters they find like a bag of cash yeah dude we could do this every goddamn day. Yeah, but uh, anyways, it's a it's an amazingly artistic film. You know, at the show, same time, um, you got a very young Norman Reedus from Walking Dead in it. Yeah, Daryl performance yes. of his life in incredible, so good. You know, you know, I heard when I still listen to to Shane Powers, mm-hmm. right to the Shane Show, R.I.P. Um, Shane Show. Yeah, fuck the Shane Show. <laughs> um, <clears throat> when I still listen to that, I believe that he said that. That that was like a last-ditch effort by like a failed movie writer, and like he yeah. there's some there's some weird story behind the script of the Boondock Saints that I don't I, exactly remember. I got it for you actually because I pulled some trivia. Let's fucking hear it. Dude, yes, okay. Because this movie is so popular, I didn't want to yeah. just say that I watched it because it's so it's a cult classic. Yeah, I knew and, there was something yeah. weird around the. And so I wanted to get some trivia going on, and so. Uh, First piece of little trivia here. The estimated budget, and this is all off of IMDb, which is a semi-official website for movies. Yeah. What does that um, stand for? Do you know? Uh, yeah, it's a... Oh, I used to know. Independent Movie Something Something? No. International Movie Database, Ooh. I believe. I believe. <laughs> because that makes that's, sense to me. It, I'll buy it. We used to call that... We used to call it by its full name years and years and years ago before it became popular as IMDb. And I remember having a conversation with somebody about the International Movie Database because I would always say that when I'm like, ooh, let me look this up on the International Movie Database or whatever it You meant. just need a good acronym. That's yeah. all it goes and to so show then you. It's IC- yeah. Uh, yeah, IMDB. Good Lord. I said ICBM. ICBM. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Anyways. That's funny. So don't quote me on that, but yeah, I think that's the backstory. That's how you know you talk politics too much. Yeah, I, no. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the other day I tweeted that. I always diverge on to trying to give context over proving my point <laughs> that's a problem i have and i understand it and i'm working on it i tweeted the other day that i i know that i like text about politics too much because i was trying to talk to somebody and misspelled absolutely and oh, yeah. autocorrected to abortion and i was <laughs> like oh no <laughs> like that's not good like that's, that should have been a meme yeah you should have like, memed that like that says something you about could be famous like, right now we could I have hundreds about. of thousands of fans <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. yeah. But so, that, yeah, yeah let's funny. get your let's get your IMDb facts. So what the you got uh, here? estimated budget seven million dollars. Opening weekend nineteen, almost twenty thousand dollars. That's it. Wow. One hundred percent flop. The release came out. Uh, one week after the Columbine massacre. Oh no! Oh yeah, and so, so you did just, they just catch so much. They heat? released it in five theaters, and it was available for one week, and then it was just okay. We gotta stop. So it had to be re-released later, and that's when they made the dollars. Yeah, they made the dollars. I think probably now. Yeah, you know, these days or DVD ten years ago, whatever. Shit. Yeah, they definitely got it there because it it rose to prominence pretty late. I think, but yeah, the uh. The dude, uh, what was his name? Troy Duffy, I believe, uh, directed it. Yeah. He uh, he wrote the screenplay uh, while apparently he was a bartender and a bouncer. Yes. Based off of like interactions he had with them. Um, yes. He used to watch like drug dealers outside his apartment and shit like that, like, you know, doing terrible stuff. And so he got inspired to write this vigilante screenplay. It was the first thing he ever wrote, apparently. There you go. But uh, so not a last ditch. It was the first thing he ever. Yeah, and it was just like, whoa, where'd this come from? But uh, I guess the only other thing you remember in the beginning, uh, the opening sequence. There's like that scene at the church where the pastor's going up there, and he's telling a story about a girl named Kitty uh, Genovese, Genovese, Mm -hmm. something like that, about how. You know, there she was on the side of the street or just outside her house. She was like raped and murdered in daylight with witnesses all around. And it actually became like a it, it was actually a real story. Like that was a true thing that happened. Damn. And they even have a legitimate like syndrome based off of her name, like her last name syndrome, whatever her last name is, however you pronounce it, is the idea that like you can be a part of like watching something terrible and if there's more people around you and everyone's just watching nobody's going to do anything <clears throat> that's that's a disassociation of responsibility yeah is what that's like uh i don't know if that's like what this that's not what the syndrome is called no, but that's but like that's what definitely the, like what the social idea is called is disassociation of responsibility it's i the feel same like that's thing. the uh the uh the psych psychological you know meaning behind it yeah definitely but uh yeah last little fun fact uh Mark Wahlberg turned down one of the lead roles uh, to do Boogie Nights, which was... What an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I know. What an idiot, Marky Mark. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was fun. But, yeah, that, that and then I was just going to mention that there, we had the royal wedding in the UK today. Yeah, my family, so was, my grandma's from that Canada. That happened, but so, we don't really care too much, me and you. No. My grandma's from Canada, so she fucking... Her and my mom and my cousin Gabriel all got up early and watched it. They invited my wife, and she was like, uh, no. Like, why would I want to wake up at four to no. go and fucking watch them yeah. wedding with you? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, now it's my turn. <clears throat> you got something to for- Do it. Boom. Do I'm it. Out. Yeah. Um, so, in my fucking pop culture this week, um, I don't think that I really watched. I don't think I watched any movies. I did watch Jersey Shore because I'm a piece of shit. Um, I watched a little bit of Vice this morning, and that was pretty interesting. Um, But I listened to a lot of music this week. I don't usually listen to music in my car. I think it was probably a little over a year ago 
that I decided um, I was going to listen to podcasts or NPR in my car every time I was in there, that I didn't want to listen to music anymore. And so that's what I've been doing this whole time is just listening to NPR. Um, but this week, I grabbed some CDs out of my house and I put them in my car. So I listened to uh, some Kid Cudi and Action Bronson um, and Odd Future. Um, and I, I love Odd Future. I don't know if you've ever listened to Odd Future I have Future never heard before. of them. Oh, man. Odd Future is the group that Tyler, the creator, came from, right? So oh. Odd Odd Future's full name is Odd Future Wolf Gang Kill Them All, right? Interesting. So, O-F-W-G-K-T-A is what. Um, <laughs> That's a mouthful. And there's a bunch of different people in there that all got famous different ways, right? And we've talked about Odd Future before. So Frank Ocean, you know who Frank Ocean is? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. he, he started in Odd Future. Wow. Um, yeah. And that so, is an Odd Future. So Frank Ocean, Tower the Creator, um, Left Brain... Haji Beats, Taco, um, Jasper, Lionel. Um, I don't want to be missing anybody, um, but I feel like I am. Big group. Um, Domo Genesis mm. um, is in there. There's a lot. I can't I even think imagine. That it, it's similar to like Wu Tang, you know? It's like a oh. similar like idea. Um, and. Yeah, I think that that's it. So I don't. If I left anybody out, I apologize supremely. Um, but yeah, I listened to a lot of Odd Future. That was that was when they were young, and it's just good music. And like after they got famous, right? They all did individual shit. And like Haji Beats and Left Brain started their own group that's called um, Mellow Hype. Mellow Hype. Yep. And, it's mellow. Yeah, and I have that shirt that says Mellow High, and it's got three people on it, and it's Haji Brain, Left Beats, and Tyler the Creator. Oh, that's and dope. that's who's on that shirt, yeah. Um, and then, obviously, Tyler like got mm-hmm. really famous by himself. Frank Ocean made a really good solo career. Yeah. Damo Genesis has a good solo career. Taco is the DJ for Tyler. Um, oh, so, that's like, dope. They all did like different shit, you know. Uh, Mike G. Mike, Mike G is G. also, yeah, and sorry, yeah, Mike <laughs> G. Um I, you know, considering our guest next week, like potentially, I want to try and be as legitimate as possible with my music. Um, and it's good because I, I'm not. Yeah. Mike G also is in there. <laughs> um, and Mike G has a pretty solid solo career by himself. Yeah. Uh, I love Odd Future. Yeah. The tape I listen or the CD I listen to is called Odd Future Tape Volume Two. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good one. So after they got famous, like they got asked about a lot of shit they said because they say a lot of really obscene shit, just like Tyler's early stuff. And, they said like like we're just rapping man like we're just trying to make money like in people like yeah. like that's what people wanted to listen to you know and so that's what we made you know yeah. and now that we've made a name for ourselves we can do what we want and like yeah. take this this platform and like actually run with it you know and Gotta that's exactly what they all did the industry, like it's, right? yeah they made music as odd future for a while and then split off and did all their own shit you know yeah. and they still like do some collabs and stuff together and make music together and shit but it's not you know yeah, they just do it's like, hey guys, thing. we made it. <clears throat> Let's go out and do what we want. Exactly, they did it. Awesome, I think though. the way that it should be done. You That's, know, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and they listen to a lot of Action Bronson. I really like Action Bronson. I ever listen to Action Bronson? Mm-mm. He's good. But yeah, I hear a lot. He's a pretty famous these days. I just think in yeah. like maybe the underground n- or non-mainstream. Yeah, he used to be. So he raps about food a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and just like a uh, motherfucker doom you know, <laughs> you know, like a, uh, and uh, <laughs> you're killing me bud and, yeah well um, see this thing like i'm not a, i'm not big into rap yeah necessarily like i'll send I like you a lot list. of the hip-hop edm type mix stuff yeah. that's going on but i don't get into the hardcore rap game anymore yeah. um so Mad action, respect for it actually i mean i've been listening to a lot of it lately yeah. um you know like you said earlier do my trying to do my homework and yeah you know and, and try to you know do this stuff even though i don't generally listen to right. rap like that but yeah well i'll send you yeah. i'll send you home with some stuff um Word. and yeah so action bronson was a chef and then broke his leg in the kitchen. And when he was, when he was, I feel like you've laid told me up. this like a few times. Yeah, and when he was laid My up, bad. he started writing rhymes. And that's, that's awesome, though. Sick. And uh, do you <laughs> do you know who the alchemist is? Alan the chemist? No, no. Um, you would like him because he's a producer. He makes beats, right? And yeah. he makes like a lot of Action Bronson shit. Um, and he's on Action Bronson has that show. Fuck, that's delicious. And the Alchemist oh. is on that show pretty frequently. That's cool. Uh, there's also another guy named Big Body Bess that's Big on that Body show. Big Body Bess. Yeah. Um, and I like him a lot. He he does a song with Action Bronson on the CD I listen to is Mr. Wonderful. That's what it is. <laughs> um, and like, I don't even know how I would keep track of these names. Oh, They're I so love crazy. it, dude. I that's love awesome. it. That's um, awesome. And Big Body Bess has a line where he's rapping but he's really just like kind of talking you know like more mm-hmm. like spoken word like, like poetry and um it's like it's like I, I i got this stupid fucking lawyer like who told me like don't even worry about that shit body i'll make that shit go away you know what like that's yeah they're all dudes from you know i don't want to misrepresent where in new york they're from but they're from new york you know so they're either from brooklyn or boston i don't want to mm-hmm. i don't want to fuck that up but People get very upset about things like that. Yes, they do. Um, yeah, so I don't want to fuck that up. But if you ever like, live in New York, you'll understand. That's where they're from. When they go to... Millie, you little bitch. Little kiki. Um, when they go to different countries, sometimes Body has to stay in the U.S. because he has felonies that prohibit him from going certain places. <laughs> and, so, and so when they do that... I mean, that's terrible. But when they do that, they'll funny. have one crew with Body and one crew with Action and the other guys. And so they're like, check in with what? Like oh wow! Like, yeah, that's really funny. Um, yeah, so I just listened to a lot of music this week. Um, I also there was something else I was going to talk about. Um, upper left. I listened to upper left this week. Obviously, yeah, that's what I was. Did. I was doing a lot that's of upper that. left this yeah, week. That was so. my rap group for the week. Yeah, very. And they good. got a really cool selection of music too. Yeah, check them out on SoundCloud. Absolutely. They're awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think they're one of the only the few people that we actually follow on SoundCloud. Yeah, there's only a couple of people. Yeah. Um, there was some- Which is another place you can contact us, by the way. Absolutely. Directly on SoundCloud. Absolutely. Anytime on it's SoundCloud. Like a, it's like an early Facebook. Or it's like a MySpace type of place for music creators. And I think even video creators, too. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. I can't remember what else I was going to say about fucking... Um, about pop culture, so we'll just we'll just move on, I guess. I didn't watch Riverdale this week because we forgot. Um, so I guess we'll just move on to fucking sports. So sports. sports. Um, so here we are. It's legal now um, to gamble on sports in the United States. Boom. Got turned over in the Supreme Online. Court. Now it's up to the states to decide how they're going to do that, which is fucking pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I I don't give a shit. You know, as long as it doesn't impact the game, I don't yep. give a fuck. Um, I, I love the fact that betting so, 
is starting to be kind of looked at differently societally. Yeah. It's not a bad, bad thing. I mean, it's just like going to the casino or you can, it, you're paying, you're taking a chance to spend money on entertainment. Yeah. Done. That's all right. I see it as. Yeah. No, I don't give a shit. Um, so I'm excited to see how that happens. Uh, we'll start with the NBA, right? Cause we're now in the conference finals for mm-hmm. the NBA. Uh, the Celtics are playing the Cavaliers and the Celtics lead the series two to zero. Right. Which Ooh. Is, yeah. Cavs lost two and When I was listening to Colin Cowherd, he was saying, and I haven't been watching basketball for that long, but he was saying that in the past, if LeBron feels like his team is too old or is like not capable of making it to the playoffs, he'll just, or not capable of making it to the championship, then he'll just quit because it doesn't matter. You know, like to, to him, he would rather conserve his energy. Yeah, like, I'm done with a new team next year that he thinks he can get another ring with. You know, yeah, um, which makes sense to me. I, I like I said, I don't know. You know, I've not been watching long enough to decide that trend, mm-hmm. but makes sense to me. You know? Yeah. Um, so they're playing the Celtics that, uh, and that's in the East, right? In the West, the Rockets are playing the Warriors in Game Three, and that series is tied one to one. And I don't. I don't even know enough about basketball to try and decide who I think would win. But the Rockets looked good in the second game. That's the one that they won when I watched that, right? The Rockets mm-hmm. looked good in the parts of it that I got to see. Um, the Warriors are the fucking Warriors, you know, and they're gonna do they're gonna do what they do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. There's a game tonight, Celtics Cavaliers at five thirty and then tomorrow five o'clock um, is Rockets Warriors. But the biggest story this week, right, we were gonna talk about we're moving on to baseball now. Um, so we were going to talk about Robinson Cano. He had, yes. he had broken his hand, right? So this is what we were going to talk about is that he had broken his hand, his fifth metatarsal, uh, in his hand, I think, and metacarpal, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was going to be out like three to four weeks, like six to eight weeks if it was bad, you know, and that happened on Sunday. And so I think it was on Monday <laughs> that I heard that he had pissed dirty, uh, for a substance called ferrosamide. Ferrosamide. Which is a diuretic, right? Mm-hmm. Which is something that makes you pee. It, like, cleans your system. Um, so it's a banned substance in Major League Baseball. So mm-hmm. he got an 80-game suspension for violating performance-enhancing drugs, uh, which is obviously a big deal. Robinson Cano is a heavy hitter. Good, right? So yeah. um, one of the bigger things that comes with that is he gets to come back at the end of the season, but he doesn't get to play in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So if... The Mariners are able to keep up like their streak and like do good and be consistent this year and make it to the playoffs, which it looks like they might. He they can't. He doesn't get to be there for it, you wow. know. So he could help them. He could help them get in there, you know. But a little he, bit, at yeah. least, yeah. Right at the end, I mean, that's you know, with yeah. twenty games left, I don't know how easy it is to decide, yeah. you know, how close. Well, that's why the wild card game is there. So it depends, you know, where the rest of the, the league is at. But um, yeah, yeah. So I think he gets to come back for like twenty games and then. That's insane. So, yeah. Wow. So he's going to be out for a long time. Um, and there's, I mean, obviously all kinds of speculation around it. Um, yeah, as always. This is the seventh person this year, I think, that I read in the Major League, in Major League Baseball that has been popped for uh, performance enhancing drugs. And I think there was 36 in the minors. Um, which. Baseball obviously has a nasty history with yeah they do performance enhancing drugs right Mark so, Mark McGuire yeah that was a um, big one I remember that do you know I'll tell you this afterwards yeah <laughs> it, it, it'll, it's that gives away too much um, but <laughs> blow your mind it has to do with our company yeah so um, oh yeah like um, 
but yeah so it's it's obviously a huge problem they take mm-hmm. it really seriously you know um so we'll see kind of how he bats, bounces back from this there's two other people on the mariners right now i believe that have been popped for steroids before or perform performance enhancing drugs not necessarily steroids um but there's obviously speculation on it because it's just the diuretic, you know, but it's yeah. a strong enough diuretic that I'm sure it's banned because the implication behind it is that you are yeah. only using it to clear your system. Says that he got it from a doctor in the Dominican Republic, right? Oh. Which is fine, but you should check if your doctor's not checking, you know, what substances you're taking because even no. if it's legal for you to take, it's still banned in your job. So I'm sure it is in your contract things. somewhere. Right. You can so, find out. That's and he didn't. You know, he didn't appeal it. He he accepted the punishment. So yeah. that's not. Yeah, know. that's not denying it. Right. So yeah, that's tough, man. So it's gonna be a big. It might hurt a lot for the Mariners. It really could, I imagine. Because yeah, he's a. I don't know anything about baseball. In this I don't follow it, but yeah. I know the, enough that I know that Cano is a big deal. Yeah. You know. Well, he so told me that. I was like, oh, dude, that's right. going to be big. That's a big topic. Second base is, second yeah. base is a big deal, you know. Yeah. Um, and they have, I think, D. Gordon is his name, who was a gold glove second baseman before he came to the Mariners. And they were having him center field. So they're going to drop mm. him down into into the see how he does. Yep. Um, <clears throat> put him back on on second base. I believe is what the jam is because that's where he was playing before. They were con- they were converting him to the outfield. Mm. Um, so now they're just putting him back in at second base because that's what where he knows. his position is at. Anyway, yeah. There you go. So he so at least he'll do good there. I haven't. I don't follow baseball that much. You know, yeah. I don't. I do at work and stuff like that. But it's not. I enjoy watching it. But it's yeah. not. Uh, you say enough uh, informed enough in it to make sure I can. Right. I know what's going on. You know, Millie. I'm sorry if that's really... Oh. She's just walking... <laughs> Such a bitch, dude. It's Such a cat, man. Such a bitch. She's rubbing it in your face. Walking in front of the TV and shit. <laughs> sorry. So we'll move on to the NFL. The Carolina Panthers got sold. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, the team. Um, for between $2.2 to $2.3 billion dollars oh. is what they got sold for. Oh, I did boy. not write down the guy who bought them because I'm a piece of shit. Um, no, but, that's fine. You know, but the Carolina sure, Panthers did get sold. So I'm sure there's. They, I don't know. Is there a lot of news? Like, do they dig into who buy these teams and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, his name was there. I just forgot to write it down. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. I'm just not doing my job. <laughs> um. So it's been, yes, it's been a busy week. Yeah. So you know that's pretty wild. Always interesting when a new team gets bought and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Seahawks signed a linebacker, Dottie Nicholas. Oh, right? Dottie. Line, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've never heard him before, but mm-hmm. that's yeah, so. Uh, they also signed a wide receiver returner, Keenan Reynolds. You know, I like that shit. We're like a little slim on wide receivers. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Richardson went to the Redskins earlier this year, so yeah. it's like Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, uh, Darbo, Marcus Johnson, who we got from the Eagles. Um, this dude that we just got. Don't know. There's there's another dude. There's someone else that I'm forgetting. Um, but a lot of guys. Yeah. So we've you know, got a couple, of, you know, but they're not. They're not, you know. Yeah. Amazing. You need some. Guys, you, so. you need some more of the uh, the solids, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I totally get that. Yeah. There's talks because Jason Witten was being interviewed somewhere, who was the tight end for Dallas, and he just retired this year. He played for like 15 years or something like that. 
And so he was saying that he thinks that Des Bryant, right? Because Des Bryant still doesn't have a job. Mm-hmm. Still sent another free agent. Um, wow. Wants too much money. He yeah. wants too much money and he's too old. Um, not that he's too old, but he's not as good as he thinks that he is to be asking for that much money. Yeah. Um, so Jason Witten said that he thinks that Des Bryant is going to go to the Packers. Ooh. Which um, I talk about Colin Coward all the time, but that's I like him a lot. Um, and when he was talking about it, he said that he thinks that Aaron Rodgers has a strong enough personality to be able to handle Des Bryant's personality, and it won't be explosive. You know, no. they'll be able to handle each other. I think that would be good. I mean, because they don't have Jordy Nelson anymore. Jordy Nelson went to the Raiders earlier this year, but they got Jimmy Graham, right? The Packers yeah. have Jimmy Graham now. <laughs> so, I mean, Des Bryant and Jimmy Graham, and they got Randall wow. Cobb still, and Devontae Adams, Jimmy Graham. Something's brewing, said, maybe. Right. So, I could see that, you know, if that's... I could see that being a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether or not... Because it's just Jason Witten said that's what he thinks, you know. Yeah. But there's, I wouldn't hate it. That'd be right. cool. There's talks of it, you know. I like the Packers. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals are finalizing a trade for a corner, Jamar Taylor from the Browns, right? And... The Cardinals have Patrick Peterson, who's good, but he's not as good as he once was, um, and he's just getting, he's getting older. He's, yeah. he's been in, he's been in the league for a while, so they are at pretty desperate need for a good corner, um, especially in this division with like the other people here with the other quarterbacks, right? With Russell Wilson in the mm-hmm. division, uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo in the division now. And uh, fucking, what's his name? The young guy, Jared Goff uh, for the Rams. Like, when you got those other three in your division, all them three can fucking slang, you know? And you need some people out there that can hold those guys down. It's, you need that shit. So, um, I don't hate that. tactical the NFL is when it comes to trades and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really like that part of it. That's one of the best things. Like, I like doing the franchise mode on Madden, you know? Mm Because then you got to, you got to build your team and you go through draft and all that nonsense yeah. and that's I why like, like all the com- the nerdy computer games i play are like yeah. hardcore grand strategy games yeah that take you know a game can take you a week to play or more right you know but yeah i love that stuff yeah that's what i like about the nfl I, i'm sure it's that way in other sports too it just i don't know nfl yeah. is just more dear to my heart i guess <gasps> The look did of I inspiration. Ever tell you, <laughs> did I ever tell you that I figured out who kicked us out of Dave and Buster's? Uh, no. No? I don't think so. Okay. So I did. And I'm sorry for all the listeners if I did already say this. But, like... Yeah, I think that was the a Kentucky, story that went... The Kentucky un- Derby is when I found out, right? <gasps> because one of my cousins that was with me um, when we were there, right? She went back, like, two weeks later for her anniversary, right? Mm-hmm. And she was talking to one of the waitresses about, like, you know, getting kicked out in the experience and all the whatever. And that girl was there. And she was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Do you want to guess who it was before I tell you? Or do you want me to just tell you? So my mind goes to somebody in the sports world. Because we're talking about sports. And this is how this came up. Mm-mm, I just have it in my oh, closing because I didn't want to forget about okay, it. Okay, then yeah. I have no idea. Justin fucking Bieber. Oh, <laughs> and then I and then I saw that story on Philly D about how he's like, you know, don't don't think that people, rich people on Instagram, don't have lives that are, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the, that's fuck you, oh. Jay Biebs, fuck you. <laughs> yep. If 
anybody who doesn't know, Justin Bieber posted some shit on Instagram about like, yeah, I don't remember exactly what he said, but something like, just because somebody appears happy on Instagram doesn't mean their life like isn't as hard as yours or like they don't have struggles or something like that. Trying to make his life seem like it's just as hard as everybody else's, right? Yeah. So he obviously caught mad shit from people who like are in poverty and stuff, mm-hmm. and. This motherfucker just paid 60 G's to kick me out of a Dave and Buster's. Fuck you. Your life is the same as mine. <laughs> Fuck you, Jay Beebs. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that was a big event for you. And to have what that I'm happen saying. to you. And that's... Yeah, and I think even Philly D talked about it on his show like that. Like, I think ultimately he just landed in the fact that... He's like, dude, yes... You yes, I'm sure you have your struggles and your problems too. But fuck you because fuck you, we have all those problems plus a fuck ton more, yep. and we don't have the money to make a lot of those problems go away. Yep. So don't don't give me that crap. That oh, and he so, was doing so good too. He was staying out of the news. He was just being who he is, and now so we I got some more. Yeah, and then I also heard was listening to an NPR politics podcast. And I don't know if you've ever listened to that, but they do a timestamp, right? Where they have people, just citizens that do it, right? And they're like, hey, my name is blah, 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 and I'm doing this. And this episode was recorded at, and then the people come in and they say what time they're there at recording, you know, the host of the podcast. And then it goes back and the people get to say, you know, you can find this NPR podcast at blah, 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 blah. And I was listening to it like two weeks ago, and the person doing the timestamp said that they were in... Some random fucking country under Operation Inherent Resolve, hmm. which is that sweatshirt that I have, that blue one. Yeah. That Jordan's dad got me. That's yeah. what it says on there. Oh, that's great. And I was like, that's wild, bro. That's that, weird. Yeah. That's so crazy. So I thought that was really funny. That is cool. Um, yeah. So that's that's all I have for that. That's Word. it. That's everything. I've been kind of light on the podcast this week. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, Dave Rubin put out an amazing episode that I haven't gotten to yet. Joe Rogan, I got a little bit of his because um, he had Steven Tyler on. Yeah. And, dude, that guy, he's 70 years old and yeah, doesn't look a day past, like, 50. I don't know. Yeah. He's crazy, though. I love it. I got to let my dog out. You got to talk for a second. And then I got to talk uh, about the skull. And then the, the what? We, the skull. The skull. Oh, yeah, because we didn't drop the skull last yeah. time. Or yeah. Video. We'll get that going. So we were talking about Justin Bieber, Phil DeFranco. Uh, podcast. Oh, yeah, because I haven't been listening to many podcasts, but because I've been listening to a lot of music this week, randomly, uh, we discovered that one of my work vehicles, because uh, it's relatively new, it uh, came with uh, XM Sirius Radio, Sirius Word. XM Radio, and so me and my little minion, uh, he, uh, we found like a bunch of stations. So I've been rocking out onto the the 1940s station. Oh shit! The Frank Sinatra station. And uh, they have a cool, like, uh, kind of n- late 90s, early 2000s, like, alternative rock station, too. I've been listening yeah. to that. But I've been all over the, the Frank Sinatra, man. I, I'm, like, rat-packing it up. I listened to <laughs> th- This morning, I listened to one of their whole, uh, you know, live from Las Vegas episodes. I like that shit. They're so good, man. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I was just going to hit my music scene. That's yeah. that. And then I got on the Pogo. or Yeah, Pogo? I can't remember. Just stick again. Pogo? Pogo stick? No. The, uh, <clears throat> he does like techno type stuff, mashups with all sorts, from all sorts of different stuff, but it's really cool, like oh. EDM kind of almost. <laughs> it's, uh, 
It's the stuff that Crowder plays all the time on Little oh. with Crowder. And oh, it's I in don't between. remember what that guy's name is. I think it's Pogo. But anyways, I like it. I like a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was that. was that. That's it. All right, well, the last thing on there, shout out to Tell Him Steve Dave, because I got my fucking mini Prussian kissing devil school. Get it. And my crushed up $5. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Sacrificial go listen lamb. to Tell Him Steve Dave. Yeah. Yeah. I did start a new episode of Tell Him Steve Dave, though, this week. Great. I haven't finished it yet. I started getting I love Frank Five. Oh my god, one. I love Frank Five. <laughs> I know. Jesus Christ, do I love Frank Five. I know. That's so funny. Yeah. And who Frank- was who was the guy that reminded you of me? Uh Walt. Walt? Yeah. 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 And I was um, like, Oh, you gotta be Walt? Frank oh, Five. Maybe I'll give him some more chances. Frank Five drove five hours. Um Frank Five is called that because they know five different dudes named Frank. Mm-hmm. And they're all numbered, <laughs> you know. Um, subsequently, and so this Frank is four. so this is Frank number five, and he drove five hours to listen to them record telling Steve Dave on Thanksgiving. So he missed his family's Thanksgiving to listen to them record telling Steve Dave, oh. and then drove back up there. Frank, Frank five. five is cool as fuck. And when they so his wife is always there, and they call her Mrs. Five. Mrs. That's five. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that. shout out telling Steve Dave mini Prussian kissing devil school ground up five dollars. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to telling Steve Dave. That shit's fucking hilarious. Yeah. That's the last thing I got. Do you have anything else here, or is it time for me to pick a line? I think it's time to pick a line, baby. All right, Colin. This one's gonna be fucked up. Okay. Not that they're not all pretty fucked up, but <laughs> this one's gonna be it's gonna be good, right? Okay, you ready. know when my birthday is, so this is just a... Uh, right? Word. Christmas is just a bunch of bullshit. You just find out that your dad stole all your presents, and that your mother gets fucked by a series of never-ending Santa Clauses. <laughs> I, I think I know where that's from. <laughs>